That's a hot take. That's what America's supposed to be. It's supposed to look like terminally chill. The insurance commercial has a fat ass, but like no personality. Yeah, I feel like sitting here and listening to this. (laughs) No, goddammit. Isaac, New Noise is not the first fucking refused album. Rip Isaac a new one today. Do you know what I mean? Like... Don't touch my records. Ever. Three, two, one. All right. We're live. Hi, guys. This is uh, Skeleton Lipstick here and joined as always by Young Shiro. And welcome to Hot Takes. This is a vaporwave talk show. Well, not even really a talk show, but a discussion show, really, where we basically bring up ideas, thoughts that sometimes might be controversial, but are usually coming from a sincere place of study uh, so we can all grow and get better. So there is no real hot take on hot takes so much as there are just interesting points for us to be a little bit fluid about. And we try to keep it centered around music, but then we always move around there from life and everything else. And um, we always kind of bring it back to that. And we're always dealing with our friends in this beautiful vaporwave music scene when we do so. So... Anyway, uh, without further ado, how are you doing today, Isaac? I'm doing fantastic, man. I've missed you so much, and I've missed yeah, you guys a bunch. Thank you so much for mm-hmm. tuning in tonight. Uh, it's been a month, and we're really sorry for that, but um, I'm so glad that, that you guys have welcomed us back into your living rooms, your uh, studies, your uh, coffee shops, wherever it is you might be, and um, so glad to have you back again, Chris, and uh, so glad to have our special guest on tonight as well. Very happy. Yeah, absolutely. If you guys yeah, don't well, mind, just keep us in the loop about volume levels. If I'm too loud or Chris is too quiet or the music's too loud or just whatever, we appreciate your participation. Yeah. And I'm going to run back that link for our official Spotify playlist really quick um, as well. So you guys can check that out. 50 of me and Chris's favorites. Uh, here it is, including... Um, tracks by some of our recent guests uh really quick one other thing and um one other link i'm going to post for all of you brave intrepid viewers you want to click that link and leave an anonymous hot take that you would like us to discuss on an (laughs) upcoming episode it's all anonymous please by all means all right all right yeah and i'm uh, just coming off of uh terminally chill from uh last uh last week last thursday i saw that and thank you to everybody else who came out to that um you know rich has got the pictures up for it and i'll put that in the chat later but uh it was a huge success uh every uh, yeah it was Paperwave team turned out in a big way and uh we were just we just had the best time fiber came down obviously for that and uh you know from uh, from baltimore and then fantacat of course right love wonderful Fantacat. manager of t-chill norcal Flew all the way across the country and absolutely killed it. And it was uh, just she a always wonderful does. evening. She always does. Wonderful evening of connection and dancing and just fun. And Virtual 94 came as well. And Hell yeah. Chill I love Station. those boys. Oh, absolutely. Some of my favorite people in the entire world. They're they the set best. Up their, they set up the, stage, the chill station for those who maybe didn't want to dance the whole time. Right. And could people could play video games, interact with, with video art and peruse the Virtual 94 uh, back catalog of merchandise. So 
It's a really wonderful experience for building community, and uh, I really enjoy doing it. And, I heard there was a uh, tiny really disco holic cameo, or am I imagining things? Maybe, maybe, maybe. I'm gonna have to get up there, man. <laughs> it seems like that is a hot spot maybe. of uh, vapor fam. Mm. It was. It was a fantastic time. We all got lunch the next day. It was wonderful. Just a really beautiful time to see um, see people. I want to say Quiz was there. I believe Quiz I... was 100% there. We got lunch with Quiz. Yeah. yeah. Pat Jennington was there as well. James from Death Dynamic was there. It's, oh, and just like a whole bunch of people. Um, you know, Kelsey from uh, the chat occasionally yeah. on Twitter. And yeah, she's cool. All kinds of people there. Yeah, she's awesome. The whole family. All kinds of people there. Everybody's family when they come there. Absolutely. For sure. Like the Olive Garden. Man, Obviously. the Vapor Earth is healing. So yeah, do you yeah. wanna do you wanna start us off with a recommendation or do you want me to? Sure, I'll start with a recommendation, and this is one that I've just been listening to a lot, which is uh, FM Skyline's new album Illuminations. Oh yeah, solid. Uh, obviously, former former uh, Hot Takes guest as well, FM Skyline. Love that and, guy. And yeah, it's it's a journey of an album. You know, immediately when I put it on, I think about like some combination between um, between like a uh, you know almost like a like a like a game like Mist. But then also yeah. like combine combine the aesthetic of like the game like Mist like along with remember that like early '90s um, virtual reality uh, computer animation series like the Mind's Eye, the Mind's or, Eye, yeah. the Mind's Eye. or like yeah, Computer by, Dreams, um, yeah, or Computer Dreams as well. Like a lot of this like Jan Nickman style like um, computer animation from the early '90s, and this is just a wonderful soundtrack for like a decaying version of that sort of like it's like kind of like as if like the video skips a little bit and then you know, like yeah moves its, moves its colors and gradations downwards and curves a little bit mm -hmm. because one thing fm skyline does really well on this album which is one of my favorite things is sort of the detuning of the synthesizers true you know what i mean when it's sort of slightly off just enough for you to get a bit of a uh, sense that something isn't completely normal here mm -hmm. but not enough to create discord and that's yeah. like a really important skill to have when you're making this kind of music is to add that correct amount of pitch bend where you're still communicating your ideas, but you're not making it just, you're not breaking the harmony, but you are breaking the reality. You know, does that make any sense? Ooh, like, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. The I like reality, that. Like it, it sounds good, but it's like, hmm. One of my favorite kinds of music is music that transports you to things. a completely different world. And it's completely evocative through the music. And you just sit there and just shut your eyes and just imagine the world that you've been transported to. And Pete's music is 100% in that category. Yeah, and I like that it's a not even a literal world. Sometimes it's like something is made to specifically transfer you to a, um, you know, let's just say the word that we all used to like a few months ago, like a liminal space. You know liminal I mean? space, yeah. Yeah, but uh, what's interesting about um, FM Skylines is like I feel like I've been transported to the picture on the cover of like a middle school math book. Uh huh. And that, and it's also kind well of warped said. a little bit. So uh, yeah, yeah, cool, it's my, man. Uh, yeah, it's I, my wreck. I I have embarrassingly not listened to it yet. Lux has, and she's been trying to get me to listen it's, to it. It just came out. I've just it been just really busy. Out. I want to hear it so cool. bad. I've had people yeah. in Rosewood say, "Oh man, I liked it even more than Lightwear," which you know, of course, they're they're different, right? But but it's apparently quite good, and I can't wait to listen to it. Yeah, I mean, it just came out too. So true. Well, thank you for the recommendation, man. I have a bunch, but I'm gonna just kind of cut to my uh, my introductory hot take, and it's uh, something that I'm very very excited to hear Alex's thoughts on as an, a bit of an audiophile. Um, I'm not. A musician 
and I don't do any mixing and mastering, but there's something I guess that everybody who is in that industry is aware of called um, dynamic range. And it's something where like, if you listen to music from like the 70s or the 80s, it's like a lot quieter almost than like a perturbator track. And my hot take is, I don't know what's going on with the mixing and mastering we got going on today, y'all. But some of these songs with these like rectangular waveforms have got to stop. And I mean, this is coming from a fan of loud, aggressive, brutal, violent music like Perturbator and Carpenter Brute. But that shit's too loud sometimes, man. And then I turn on something, a disco song or like a new age song or a vaporwave song that samples a lot of that material and it's so quiet and as a dj that gets to be a hassle man i don't know if you have to turn your gains up and down between tracks but like mm -hmm. i don't like that sure. man it gets on my nerves what are your thoughts about that do you have a position on the loudness wars as uh as my buddy vance pointed out in chat yeah the loudness wars that was actually i'm sorry lux posted that about yeah, that was, I remember we used to talk about that all the time in like the early 2010s and slightly before that was the idea of making the music louder at the sacrifice of some of the details. And um, I believe we all, I, you know, I believe the Loudness Wars sort of won. But, yeah, um, they did, most so, definitely did. So I guess what's your, your question is. What's the hot take well, exactly? Well, so I don't like it, man. I don't like the fact that, like, a body line track is always too quiet. Yeah. Uh, a perturbator track is always too loud. Um, when is it going to stop? Like, is it well, good? Is it bad? Stop, right? Do you, it's like, how do you stop. deal with that when you're mixing? Um, when I'm mixing? Um, yeah, I, I'm just keeping an eye on my green lines to make sure okay. that they're matching up properly. So you do the same but, thing. Oh, yeah, you have to, right? I mean, that's like part of it. Well, one of the other things, too, even before I start dropping into another song, is I uh, I start to lower the volume of the song I'm playing as oh, it gets closer to the next song. So that when I mix in the next song, it punches a little bit more. So oh, I'll like really have slightly lowered it a few decibels before I move into the next song, just so I can like, punch in. I don't know, man. You just have to do your best, right? Like, what yeah. are you going to do? Volumes are always going to be different. Sometimes the quality of the track that you're going to get is going to be different than another one. True. And especially in this scene, a lot of people prefer to oftentimes master their own work. Right? True. And so you never know. You're going to get all kinds of variations. Now, that's the thing that I like. I don't master my... I used to master my own stuff when I started, but I don't do that anymore because, I've, because um, I just kind of always like to get another set of ears on it and i don't know sometimes yeah. i think i've spent too long with the track to uh be the one who masters it i did not know you and knew how after to master. i send it what i did not know you knew how to master i don't really like how does anyone know how to do anything right do you know what I, mean? I certainly like, don't i also don't really know i didn't like go to school for you know music production right like right. i didn't i don't even i don't even, i know how to play guitar I don't even know how to play the fucking piano and I write like songs with pop structures and stuff. Right. right? But mm -hmm. I literally like will ref I refuse to learn chords on the piano. So when I write skeleton lipstick songs, it's like, I'm just like, I come up with like seven or eight chords and I just do that by like white, black, black. And another <laughs> white over here. Like that's one. And like, I play that and I'm like, remember that combination. Right. And then I just like save that chord. I pressed into Ableton 
and I uh, you record it, and then I do that for another chord, and another chord, and another chord, and then I just piece it together, and that's how you write a song. I'm just like, I don't really know that much about playing these instruments, but I do know a little thing or two about structuring a song, right? Because I listen to a lot of music, and I think about it really deeply. So it doesn't matter that I have actually absolutely no idea what these chords I'm playing are. I know what they right. want, I want them to sound like, and then I know how many I want to use for each chorus or the verse or a bridge, right? And then True. also, like, I put my work into figuring out how to write songs and also figuring out just sound design in general, right? I spend a lot more time yeah. just digging into the waveforms or, or parameters of a sound that I'm going to use and what kind of effects I'm going to put onto it and where I'm going to place it in the stereo space than I could ever Damn. spend or really care to spend actually learning music. Or, like, music <laughs> like, theory like or some shit. Music the I don't even, I don't, yeah, nothing against music theory. It would probably right. help me. But then I, if I did know it, I feel like I wouldn't have the magic anymore. So I prefer to keep it. It would all magic. be a formula, a yeah, mathematical equation. Yeah, I can play guitar. Like I know kind of like how things should go, but I don't know how to translate to a piano, and I don't want to learn because I'm, you know, I haven't, I haven't in so many years. Well, I'm gonna steal your lowering the volume right before the uh, target track yeah. technique mm -hmm. because I don't do that, and that's actually really smart. Um, so just before we bring on Alex, if you had to choose, would you prefer a song that's too loud or a song that's too quiet? Oh, um, which is worse? Honestly, the more quiet ones are sometimes harder to deal with. Yeah, you know, because if everything else is louder, then like I hate that I'm pumping it up so much. I can, lowering it's kind of easy. You know, I remember yeah, hearing. I, I think I was talking to Ognos about that, and I was like, "Which is worse?" And I never really did get a solid answer. <laughs> hmm. But uh, anyways, all right. So thank you for that for uh, helping me kind of work through that. Um, we're going to bring on our guest. We brought on an illustrious member of the vaporwave scene, a fantastic accomplished, human. fantastic human, accomplished show promoter, musician, friend, uh, successful label owner, um, released countless valued artifacts in the scene, gets his shit out on time. I can't stop. I just can't stop praising the guy that heads the virtual memory show. Um, yeah. Give it up, guys, for Alex from Pacifica Plaza. All right, man, go ahead and unmute wow. yourself. Let's get this gentleman on okay. here. Okay. Yeah. Oh my God. What's I'm so up, happy Alex. to be here with you guys. We're super so excited happy to have you here, man. One of the one of the hardest working men in the scene, and just mm -hmm. constantly putting out high quality releases and eclectic releases too. Like, you know, it's a really interesting and fun vibe that you've curated for Pacific Plaza. It's very playful and it is. I just I it's just fun. It. You should be very proud of yourself. Thanks. Yeah. Um yeah, for those who don't know, I run a record label called Pacific Plaza Records that is now 3 years old, which is pretty Hell crazy. Yeah. I started it oh, wow. in summer of 2018 and uh yeah, we do a lot of stuff that's in the general vapor sphere, but for people who know me They'll know that I see Vaporwave as more of an art movement and not just a singular yes, sound. And so yeah. our label is a lot like that too, Great. where we put out a lot of different art related to Vaporwave and retro nostalgia kind of based culture. So whether that's VHS, putting on shows or releasing music, we kind of do a little bit of everything. Yeah. Uh, Lux just that's linked amazing. the latest album that you guys just released. Shout out to Magic Waves. Yes. 
Hell yeah. Yeah, by Seductive Gateways, which is actually you, a collaboration Lux. between two longtime Vaporwave producers that you've probably heard before, Digital Sex and Paths. Yes. Who wow. are both Super fantastic cool. producers. I wasn't and aware of this. Amazing. Yeah, they became friends early on in their mm. Vaporwave careers. The, the seal of anonymity was broken between them on like a personal basis. Uh, mm. Path just tweeted about this the other day uh, on release day, or maybe the day before, and uh, kind of did a little bit of the background of how they've actually known each other for many years. I think at least five years now. And the I idea for that album came up a couple years ago before the pandemic, I'm pretty sure. And then when you have time on your hands, you finally get around to those ideas you talked about, and that's kind of what happened here. And uh, yeah, really cool album. Uses micro sampling, so it's kind of stepping further away from uh, the slowed down 80s songs that we traditionally know in Vaporwave and that both of those artists have utilized in their discography. And now they're kind of pushing forward and using little bits of samples that you can't even recognize Ooh. in addition to original instrumentation, including guitar work, vocals, and of course, programming drums, which a lot of Vaporwave producers do is reprogramming drums. That sounds really exciting. That kind of reminds yeah. you of some of the like chill wave era type of sounds. 100%. Where they would sample a song, mm -hmm. but it wouldn't be like the main focus. It would be like, you know, just a loop and then they play yes. guitar over it or whatever. Um, mm -hmm. I definitely I need. I think there's a lot of people throwing back to Chill Wave stuff right now. I think that is You're maybe not a wrong. good source of inspiration for people who are looking to do Vaporwave that's not just slowed down samples. I mean, that's like what inspired us the first People like wave, you, anyway. Skeleton Lipstick. Yeah, oh, dude, this guy's been around like since you. the Chill Wave movement. That's who he remembers those by. days. <laughs> Little bit. Of course I remember. Mm -hmm. Yeah, of course. Absolutely. Alex, uh, what kind of music were you into when you were younger, like in high school or like undergrad? Oh, okay. Well, I can tell you exactly as I progressed from basically what you would expect a Southern California teenage and preteen boy who played sports to like, which was pop punk, The Offspring, Blink-182, Green Day. Oh, That's cool. what I got into as a preteen. But when I got to middle school and high school, I met friends who introduced me to, first off, emo and hardcore, and then oh, like, into indie music, which yeah. at the time kind of meant something different than it does now. This would have been 2003 and four. So nice. I first got into like American Football, Bright Eyes, Nutrimook Hotel, Elliot mm -hmm. Smith, Broken Social Scene, yeah. I got into all those bands my freshman year of high school. After having previously only been into like Motion City Soundtrack, something corporate, uh, and bands of yeah, that ilk the, before the surface, that. Like, because I went to stuff, Chain Reaction yeah. growing up. Yeah, because I went to oh, Chain sick. Reaction growing up, which is like one of the legendary, like all ages, uh, you know, punk venues of the pop punk and emo era. So they own the website allages.com. Oh, wild. <laughs> really? Yeah. Wild. But I mean, people in the local scene don't really like them anymore. They became a pay to play spot and a place that, like, industry label bands like you know victory records kind of bands went through mm -hmm. and then the labels that imitated victory in the coming years after that it's no one really yeah, I, I remember, when, Vic I remember but, when victory records was like yeah. straight up it's like the straight up hardcore label yeah for tony fucked would... it all up because he's a nutbag the guy who runs damn it crazy <laughs> yeah back when it was like bands like like strife or like earth crisis and such were on it and then yeah i remember yeah. being like stepping away from that label for a while and then coming back and being like oh this is like a different thing now huh <laughs> like yeah they fucked over so many other bands it's wild to hear stories because i love listening to podcasts and i listen mm -hmm. to a lot of podcasts that are interview shows and there's not a lot of vaporwave content there so most of the stuff is the things i was listening to like 
before I was into Vaporwave, which is about like emo, indie, and hardcore. So I listen to like hardcore podcasts, but I very rarely listen to like. Oh, that's got to be really own, interesting. You know? You listen to the Washed Up Emo podcast? Every single episode. Tom is yeah. awesome. Wow. People have told me that like, I used to have a podcast, and people used to tell me I sounded a lot like Tom, and I, I did some of the same vocal things that. of his. Yeah. And no I, way. yeah, over the years of continuing to listen to his podcast, I'm like, God damn. They were right. Yeah, I used to have a podcast called the Heavy Snacking Podcast, where I'd interview DIY musicians <laughs> about touring and about their favorite foods and like weird regional foods. So that's so cool. Definitely was inspired was by. Fun. Why yeah. did you Why stop? You a, that was you one of my inspirations. Yeah, you have an interesting um, sort of journey. Out, yeah. Out, throughout all of this, right? Huh. I just like yeah. to do a lot of things. I mean, I think yeah. one of the things I valued in life. And I kind of discovered this as a teenager when I read uh, like Jack Kerouac. I went through one of those phases where you get really into like the beatnik subculture right. and you learn a lot about jazz and poetry and you know you watch the top yeah. 50 movies from the American Film Institute or whatever. Yeah. And yeah, uh, for that me, that... I know, right? <laughs> I went through that phase. Yeah, the like, on the road phase, about. catcher in the rye, like, on fucking. On the road. Yeah. It's like it's like when and you start where... to really like hyper elevate your culture, your cultural uh, capital. Like when you hit like a certain mm -hmm. age in like your early twenties, and you're just like, time right. for me to watch all the top 100 AFI films. This is knowledge I need to have. Right. And yeah, I think yeah. everybody kind of goes through that phase before you actually figure out what your actual taste is. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. So like you're going off of yeah. like the most acclaimed things, the things that will bring me closest to something that speaks to me, and then maybe like I'll hit something, and then I'll like I'll travel that rabbit hole down, right? And then like you kind of develop yeah. your own personal taste your own personal perception of art and culture but like we all start there like you know we all we all kind yeah. of start there right i did too yeah and like it's the not two a bad place to start. one of them was no it's a great place to start i agree yeah for sure like experiencing things like learning things by experience learning things by doing that's one of the things mm -hmm. i kind of picked up from like the beatnik subculture i guess i would say yeah. and uh as opposed to like hippies who were like you know tune in drop out i was like no that's not what i want to do i want to like be active and do lots of crazy stuff and i was an activist in college i got arrested like doing you know oh, shit. building occupations and farm occupations and stuff like that and uh you know ran record labels played in bands toured in you know cars and vans and uh you know did things that people say they want to do and uh sometimes it's hard for people to do that i was lucky enough to have the privilege to do a lot of those things but also a lot of those things came to me by just doing hard work and meeting a lot of people and you know just doing things all the time i really think like that whole idle hands thing, you know, that really applies to me. If I don't have something to do, I will just lay in bed and watch videos on my computer or like actually play video games. <laughs> and I've yeah, had right. parts of my life like that where I was really depressed or yeah. in a big transit transition stage and done nothing. But I am happy I can look back if I die tomorrow or whatever. I've done a lot of crazy stuff and a lot of fun things. It's funny you mentioned Strife. I was supposed to do a show for them at my warehouse in the you city of Washington. Wow. Strife? <laughs> really? Yeah. And ACX oh, wow. DC was like the direct support. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> oh, shit. Well, what happened? Yeah. Oh, my God. Well, um, I, I was running Strife. a warehouse. I still love Strike. Yeah. I was running a warehouse <laughs> venue, and we didn't have permits, you know? We were just kind oh, of yeah, doing yeah. it. Or I should say, I was just kind of doing it. And eventually, the city of Fullerton was like, hey, you don't have permits. Like, if you do this, we're going to give you a ticket. And I was like, I don't want yeah. a ticket. So I just had to shut down the venue, and they moved that show to another place that was like a real venue, actually. Dude, I wouldn't even know where to but, start throing you know, a warehouse uh, show. That's amazing. 
you know the thing is is like in most you know mid-sized to major cities there are people who maybe don't make you know the same kind of music as you but they have spaces that they're creating because a lot of grassroots music scenes whether that's punk whether that's electronic music whether it's noise music there are people congregating and they haven't been able to do it for a long time so now is the time to go out there and start meeting people and finding people who are into weird creative stuff just like you and all your friends in the vaporwave scene so you Mm. can start going to these other events that creative people in your area are doing and then integrate what we're doing into it and then ask them to help you get involved like really the the crux of everything we're putting on shows is getting involved and showing up and for some people it's hard to show up right now but if you can show up you gotta show up because that's the way to do it you know, you do yeah, it. over the years of booking shows, it's always the kids who come to every show, the kids who want to sit down and run the door for me while I have to go do sound or something. Those people like those are the folks who want to get involved. And some of them have no idea. Some of them had no idea about this kind of culture. They didn't have an older sibling. They didn't have cool friends. And for people who are in their early 30s, they didn't have the Internet to tell them where to go because it wasn't as easy to find right. even in the MySpace era. And now it's remarkably easy to find stuff about your local creative scene and art scene, whether it's through Facebook, Instagram. So, yeah, I think we'll talk a lot about Dude, live shows. You guys that's better be like writing down what this man is saying. Thing to tell everybody because everybody's getting all whiny and complaining. And here's a hot take: I'm so sick of hearing people complain about how they can't go to the shows that are being announced. Oh, it's, that's me. Bringing that negative energy to someone's post is just—it's—it's it's a bummer. It bums me out to see people like being like, oh, I can't go to this. No shit, you can't go to it. You're not from California. I'm not advertising <laughs> this at you. Just be excited about it and repost it so someone you know in California might see it and be able to go. Absolutely repost it. Like, Mark yourself as interested. Like, oh, I can't go. Like, it, it bums me out, especially when I get like DMs saying that. And it's like, what do you want me to do? Like, book the show on another I know, day? Right? Move the show to your city? Like come on just be excited for the people who get to play and for the people who get to go and make sure as many people as possible can show up because when we're having these events whether it's terminally chill whether it's virtual memory whether it's just a one-off show even whether it's electro- uh, 100% electronica show we all got to show up we all got to buy tickets and go because we need to prove to the music industry that vaporwave is a viable live music genre absolutely so <clears throat> people got to stop complaining that they can't go to the shows and start meeting people in their local scene and being supportive of the ones that do exist. Because that's how we're going to get more shows. That's how we're going to get of a wider variety of shows. That's how smaller artists are going to play shows. If you only go to the big shows thrown by the cool promoters, you're never going to see the small artists. All these small artists that hit me up wanting to play my show, it's nothing about them personally. It's just that I need a big enough name like Vape Air to even sell tickets. It's yeah, hard to sell tickets. Unfortunately, when it's all you do have to have that. I tried return. that. Trust me. <laughs> yeah, you got to get the money part of it worked out before you can have fun, which sucks. But that's just reality. Yeah. Tough well, love know, from like Alex. Y'all better that. listen. People like Chris that can do it, you know, yeah. and you know Agnes who can do these things and set up these events and make them happen. What we need is people to be excited about them. You know, you, yeah. if, even if you can't show up, just being excited about it. And getting the word out is good because we want this community Absolutely. to have its tentacles starting to spread into live music because that's yeah. what we all are excited about, right? That's what I feel like people have been talking about for over a year. Every URL show, people talk about IRL shows. So Correct. now's the time to, like, you know, get our boots on the ground and uh, <laughs> spread the word and be supportive instead of complaining. Yeah, absolutely. Tough oh, love from know. Alex. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's tricky. It's tricky to always figure out the best way to do these things, right? But um, I've been very happy with uh, with the the turnouts and the the involvement of people. Uh, at least at all of our events, it's, mm -hmm. it's amazing that it it happens. And um, yeah, it just love how the pictures from Teachel, and they look great. Oh, thank you. you know, like, yeah, uh, it did. there you. was like, oh. we we can't expect these things to be like butts to nuts packed. Nor do we really want them to be at this point because right. you know, there's still a pandemic going on. So like having a good crowd of excited people who are all really happy to see each other and get to have these conversations we've been waiting to have for a year and a half. Like I remember after Teachel Davis, me, Skelly, and Fantacat and a couple of so people fun. were hanging out. Yeah, and just we went talking, to go get food. Sitting on the street corner. We sat on the street corner for an hour and just talked. And then oh, we were like, oh, man. we should eat. You know? Right. Yeah. <laughs> we tried to go. That to was me after Electronic Con LA. We tried to go to Denny's, Denny's but the chef had walked away. Damn. <laughs> they were on break. Bless their soul. Yeah. They were on break. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we went to Jack in the Box. What did we talk about? Jack in the Crack. Oh, Jack in the Crack. Yeah, That's funny. Jack in the Box. Yeah. yeah. And then we ate outside and it was uh, super uh, fun. Yeah, such a beautiful you. time. It's um, it's just a small miracle that these things happen, and it's just really fun exactly. that because the scene is relatively tight knit that we know each other and we support each other. It's it's funny. I know that whenever I throw a terminally chill party, you know, I think that other DJs and people in Philadelphia just sort of see it as a as another party, and then I have to tell them I'm like, well, the thing is, every time I do this, like, there's actually like eyes all over the world looking at how it no went. shit. Yeah, exactly. a lot of people don't understand people in my local yeah, seen that too mm -hmm. yeah so it's yes. funny but yeah uh actually terminally chill was 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 pretty damn crowded and particularly during this time that even the weekend parties at the barbary they don't always have the biggest crowds because we have the vaccination rule too obviously True. you have to present yeah. your card or you know a photo of it so i didn't realize how much that was going to affect things but uh yeah i guess a lot of people aren't as vaccinated as i assumed they were because parties are like not terribly crowded on the weekends so that's why i was really I was... shocked when terminally chill did well but we do our very best to promote that party and at the end of the day it's a little bit easier to sell a party than a show sometimes because mm -hmm. party is a party and it's at the club that people maybe go to anyway so i was going to congratulate you also alex on how safe it looked like everything was at the warehouse where you throw your shows i was oh, like yeah, wow sure. people are having a good time they're talking they're chopping up but there's also people wearing masks people social distancing like i can tell that this is a good safe fun but safe vibe and i just wanted to yeah, recognize one you of the for that things that's unique for me in my situation is that i'm booking at a place that is run by friends of mine that my band practices at that me and a number of other people film green screen sets out over the pandemic. And they largely let me have control and make the rules, so to speak. Nice. So if we set a culture that is everybody wears masks, everyone wears them properly, then there's no problems. And there was right. no problems. I think Aaron said last Friday on the Funny Net show, Shout that there was one Ruby. person he gave a mask to because uh, he didn't bring one. And there was one person I had to give a mask to because they didn't bring one. And that was totally fine. And no one was like scorned. No one was treated like a child. There was no arguments. They were like, oh, okay, cool. They put it on. No big deal. You know? There we go. And that's awesome. And it's, I was telling everyone who was involved in the show, everyone who played, everyone who was there earlier while we were setting up, I was like, if we create a culture of being safe and wearing masks, and then we can take them off outside. When you're outside smoking, you need a break, you can go outside and take it off. Like, if we create a culture and we all enforce it and we're all very cool and even-headed about it, it's not going to be a problem 
you know, if we have to keep doing this for a while. We can keep having yeah. shows because honestly, the cat's out of the bag. The reason I booked a show is because so many people are booking shows in our local True. scene, not just, you know, in the vaporwave scene, which that was, you know, getting to me too. I'm not going to lie. But like, it's just the cat's out of the bag now. We're not yeah. going into more lockdowns. This is in Australia. Shouts out, Jez. But yeah, you know, shout out to the homie. We're where we're at with this and we have to do our best to be safe. So and it's not I that bad. The rules I went that to go the venue see asked for and then we created our own culture of safety. So, all the rules and then also create your own culture so you don't have to rely on someone being the authority figure. I mean, I don't want to be people's parent. I don't want to be someone's like dad or be the police. That's not what I want to do when I'm throwing a show. But I do want to be a safe space and I do want to be you know, in control and aware of what's going on because that's just the kind of person I am. <laughs> Good man. I was at, uh, I went to see Baltra, a lo-fi house artist DJ, um, last weekend, and I wore a mask. You know, I don't tell anyone how to live their lives, but I wear a mask, and it was not that bad. Like, I was jumping up and down, I had a few drinks, and it was, like, not as bad as I thought it was going to be. I actually saw Farplane there. Shout out Farplane. Oh, sure. But, yeah. yeah that's good, I mean, man. Yeah, I'm proud of you. Happy shows. For you. And, like, I always double mask when I go to shows. I mean, it oh, works wow. out well for me because I'm a sweaty guy. You're a I real one. Sweaty. I mean, <laughs> I was double masking in our show. If you look at the pictures, I mean, as, unless I'm, like, smoking or drinking. Like, right. I double mask at our show. I, I mean, I'm trying to set an example. And, uh, really, the CDC did recommend double masking over six months ago, especially if you were in crowded spaces or if you are around children. And I do work and teach uh, children. So, like, double masking is not a problem for me. And if you're sweaty... It's actually great because you can wear your nice, cool, fashionable mask on top, and then you wear the paper disposable under. And if you get really sweaty and the paper mask is all nasty, you take it off and the, you put a new one on. And your nice, cool, fashion mask on top still looks great. So I recommend double masking, honestly. It's the way to go. I'm not and that cool. Safer. It is safer, and that's what the CDC has said. And while I distrust the government in general, science experts have recommended these things and they recommend them to educators and so i kind of trust what they're trying to do to help save our teachers because teachers are now experiencing the worst of the pandemic oh yes they are i mean if they weren't last year they're experiencing something worse this year in some cases because of the parents not because of the children but yeah. kids are able to wear masks all day at school you should be able to wear a mask at a show it's not it's not that bad alex can i, can I ask you know what where did, how did you get in you do so fucking much. You put on these shows. You run this excellent record label. You are always making interesting devices whenever I look at your Instagram. Oh, yeah, story. you do that, too. So, yeah. you know, and you've been involved in so many scenes and you build so much and help so many people. Where does this come from? Like, where does this disposition in you? Like, has it always been in you? Or did you just one day were like, you know what? I want to get involved. Like what happened? Like you're so I'm just because you like you just told me the story about vape error where you're like driving him down the coast. You're having all these amazing experiences. You're helping so many people. You're just aiding art in such a true and sincere way. And where did why why where did this start? Where did the where did the decision to be so come so involved come from? Has it always been like so? This? I was always like a creative person. Uh, my grandma was really encouraging with music for me and my brother, and so we did like children's theater with my mom when we were kids. I grew up playing like violin and orchestra. Oh wow! And then I yeah. like picked up guitar in uh, the beginning of high school, and that's when I started my first band. And did I think for a while I didn't really know. Yeah, I think for a while I didn't really like have a concrete reason until I got into leftist politics. 
And then I made the connection between like DIY punk culture and sort of the idea of doing it yourself and that mm-hmm. being a stance against kind of uh, complacent consumerism. <laughs> and that sort of resonated with me a lot as you know, I became like a young college student and then an avowed politically whoops, politically active leftist. And so I saw mm. it as like a really like political thing for a long time. Yeah. And so then, you have a lot of recently, energy for the politics and it translated into yeah, you your, do. Your, your energy for the music yeah. too. Huh. Yeah, but also I also realized like as I've gotten older, you know, like now I'm like in my thirties and I'm like looking back on things. And mm. yeah, I think part of it's a restlessness and a big part of it is being privileged. There's on okay. there's no way around it. I mean I grew up in a white middle-class suburb. It was easier mm-hmm. for me to do this. And so why would I not take full advantage of it mm-hmm. if I can? And that's what I'm yeah. still doing. You know, I mean, I after I had two What's warehouses, the, uh... one was a venue, one was a studio yeah. that we lived in. After they both closed down, oh, I moved sick. back home and I still live at home. Interesting. And you know, that's not like the coolest thing to say. No, Although, you know, no. Mike Park from Asian Man Records, he still runs his label from his parents' he, house, which Mike I think Park is awesome. Mike Park from Asian Man Records is one of my absolute heroes. Yes, he ran his that TikTok record label great. With, with himself and his girlfriend and in his parents' uh, garage. And every time I used to order for an album from Asian Man Records back when I was like a very young kid in like the 90s, I they'd always send me extra buttons. I'd be like, ah, oh, an extra man, that's so... button. An extra Link 80 button and an MU330 button. Hurrah. Like, it was a great day. Hurrah. I loved, yeah, I loved all the, I would order shirts for them. You could tell they were, like, fully, like, ironed on. Like, that was so cool. Yeah. Like, that was amazing. by hand by Mike or bands on the label or, you know, interns or people that work for him. Funny, you know, it's just funny like you legit. mentioned him because he was a big inspiration to me as well. It's just funny you mentioned him. Um, yeah. well, I, see, rest, this is what I love about Vaporwave is I know that there are a lot of people who have a sort of DIY background. I'm trying to avoid true. saying the P word because John Zabelli mm-hmm. got really mad when I kept bringing up the P word with oh, him. Oh, I always but like, about that. You know, I, I say break yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, uh, Vaporwave all the time. <laughs> yeah, you know, and so like there's a DIY John. spirit to people so, in this so scene. And when I meet and connect with those people, I, I can... I get a vibe from them. And you were one of those people, Chris. Oh. And so, like, you know, there are a number of these people in the scene. And as I look back into the history of Vaporwave and hear people retell that history, those some of those people from back in the day were those kind of experimental DIY grassroots underground musicians, whether they're making noise, whether they were playing in bands in some cases. I mean, the guys in DDS yeah. even played in bands. You know, Multiple like, bands. there's a, bands, a lot of people. Of yeah. And there's multiple people throughout the history of Vaporwave that have been from those backgrounds and scenes. And I think that's really cool to discover. And I love finding that out because it makes me feel like I belong in this more. I love the diversity in this scene, dude. It makes us stronger Mm -hmm. for sure, for sure. And honestly, dude, there's no shame in living at home. The minimum wage hasn't risen in like 20 years. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Hey, question. You mentioned that moving you forward is a general restlessness. What's the general restlessness? I what too want to know that. Just, just to do stuff. I, I don't do know. There's stuff. a. Love it, man. Love it goes that. back to that that whole uh, the beatnik subculture of like you yeah. learn by experiencing things. You learn by doing things. Like yes, I can spend a lot of time, trust me, deep diving a subject and reading on Wikipedia or reading every interview some indie band has ever done on the internet. And I've done that. I've read every single interview with. Uh, uh, Kevin, the I lead singer, broken social scene. You know, yeah, I've I done that. that. I, I I do that too with with artists I like. I go through the culture interviews, but I also yeah. decide to start my own band with ten of my yeah. friends. 
and all the people we knew who were in drama, just like people in Broken Social Scene, were actually part of the like drama club at their like arts high school they went to when they all met back in the day before they all became famous, you know. And like, so I got all my you know ten to twelve friends together from marching band and orchestra, and we had a like you know indie pop, indie rock yeah. band in high school. And, oh, that's too uh, cool. You know, nowadays, I like get my friends who like weird electronic music to throw vaporwave parties with me, like Earthquake yeah, Bands. And when you do all these things for all these people, does it give you like that warm feeling inside your soul? Like, you know, this is great. I'm doing something. I'm, I'm creating. I'm helping. Um, mm-hmm. I'm building a different world. Do you get like a really like great sensation from that? I think art is making art and participating in artistic communities is a political statement. And it I've is, maintained yeah, this since point. I was actually doing real political stuff versus now where, you know, I don't go to protests and occupy buildings anymore. But participating in independent grassroots artistic communities where our money is flowing within our community, we're paying each other to do things, we're raising money for each other and to forward our own careers and our own art and creating, you know, the best art we can personally create. It might not be mind-blowing or groundbreaking, but the best art we can personally create and supporting each other to do that. I mean, most humans will never get that support from someone in their life, even from their own It's true, unfortunately. if we can provide that, that's amazing. That's super cool. And, I, I, uh, it I is almost like an extra family. Distraction from depression. True. Yeah, I, I mean, I, you know, yeah, got diagnosed with, uh, you know, like chronic depression in my uh, early twenties, oh, and yeah, yeah, it's really rough. It's and, rough. Uh, it's horrible. Yeah, part it, like, of it was definitely that feelings could hurt. You know, you didn't think that was a thing they were able to do until your body is just writhing, and just like everything feels like sharp mm. knives inside. It's just like, oh fuck, this isn't sadness. Like this is something. Yeah. When really you can't different. sit in a chair because you just feel pains in your body, and you're like, I don't understand Horrible. what this is. Oh no. yeah. yeah. It, it, it can affect you on a physical level, mental level. It affects you know on uh, your interpersonal real relationships too. You know, like if it was very hard for my family, especially my parents, to understand like what having both me and my brother have you know various degrees of mental illness, but luckily nothing yeah. so severe that it debilitated us from you know being adults. Because there's some people like it's hard for them to function and i'm just lucky it's yeah. not that bad but i've gone through you know periods of you know suicidal ideation in my life and Same. luckily i'm pretty far away from that now yeah and uh, i've been doing a lot better yeah. over the last five years but Same. i've learned a lot about myself going into my 30s and yeah. you know, finally experiencing a little bit more success with a project like this yes. uh yes. definitely helps i mean it's true i mean doing all those things in the past was great but man there were some like things that at the time were like pretty devastating and looking back like you i would think they're devastating but like in reality it's like nah you know you win some you lose some that's exactly (laughs) your whole life it's not as big a deal as you thought it was at the moment right it's hard to see that sometimes it's really hard for people to see that sometimes and like you got to remind people sometimes that you know don't lose faith understand that this is a small moment and it's going to be surrounded by multiple moments after multiple before and it'll be like just like you said you win some you lose some because look at how successful what you're doing now is and how like elegantly designed it is and how beautiful it is. I'm honestly, I'm it really is. I'm going to the Pacific Plaza commune to go live. Maybe one day, every new album, every new graphic reality. Yeah. Yeah, I'm really proud of what I do, but the reality is you should hot take here is everyone except a hundred percent is tiny. Even high rates is really that big. Correct. Just from pure economics, to actual connections to in some cases talent there's even 100 electronica is people it like, like me from 100 
Yeah. Yeah, and even they're not huge. They're just kind of like a small boutique indie label. Yeah, it's still a struggle. Yeah, they have to work very hard to do what they do. Yeah. They work really hard, and I have a lot of respect you have to for that really, label. Yeah, it's tough, man. Yeah, I, really I, I don't know if George even sleeps at like, this point. You have to sacrifice a lot. You have I think to sleep. People, trust me. And he did it for oh, years with like sleep. very little return. I think people don't always. It will get to you eventually. It will. And there's some people right now. You just have to keep doing your thing. To them right now. And I'll hear people be like, I only sleep three or four hours a night. And now I'm working Bro, like all day, every day to like Woo. push my music or push my dreams oh, forward. God. And it's like, people need to whoa, relax. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, I actually have a question you have for you. A normal life as well. Do, I have to do you ever too. get burnt out, Alex, That's ever? Hard, or yeah. like have to take a break? Because you seem yeah. like you're just go, yeah, go, go totally. all the time. Like, how do you balance? I take small breaks. It's all about small okay. breaks, you know? Like, you don't want to build up to the point where like you have to disconnect for a long time. And sure, I've no. done that before. I've had, I would say there's two big periods of my life where I burned out on music. Mm -hmm. And one of them was after doing my, the first time I ever started like doing a lot of touring with very little pay and recognition. The first year where I did a lot of that, yeah, by the end hard. of it, pretty burned. My friends were not into it anymore because like obviously they were not as passionate as I was. And I was doing this with my friends, not necessarily other musician types back in the day. And then I got really into politics and did activism instead of music, basically. That's so cool though. And then after my two warehouses got shut down, I just needed to take a break. I mean, it was expensive to have two leases uh, to also basically be property managing for a bunch of musicians and creative people. Like that's, that's, that's a headache, lot of, trust me. you know, me, Alex, that's, that's doing two to three shows every week like it was a yeah, lot and so when it all Alex, got shut down that, it was easy yeah. to throw my hands up and say i could take a break now of course because you did so much for so many people do you know what i mean and it's really hard when you're managing two warehouses property managing having bands coming in and out because you're just giving like a lot of yourself to it you know Guess, you know, but I should, you know, one of the things, yeah, totally. Well, you I should. You. And you one of the things is I should, because I have, yeah. I have the privilege to participate in okay. this in the way I do, and so yeah. I am more than happy to do that work, and I'm more than happy to support that other is, people, because it, yes. I want to treat other people the way I would like to be treated. You know, the yeah. whole golden rule yeah. thing, all the Christianity that a lot For of us sure. were raised with. I still believe in some of that stuff. I don't consider myself an atheist. Like yeah. I want to treat people the way I want to be treated. If I was to go to Philadelphia and play yeah. a show. Oh, I want to be treated the same way I would treat you <laughs> here, you know? Yeah, man, when, absolutely. Uh, Ev, you know, when Ev flies out here to come play a oh, show, man. even though, I mean, he, he flew out here to Love you know, meet people from Rosewood and hang out with his friends, but it also happened to work out where like we had been chit chatting cause you know, he's working on an album for the label. And I was like, well, if you're planning to come out anyway during the summer, let's just do something because I'm itching to book a show. And I made sure, you know, like, okay, Aaron, uh, you know, Groovy, and, uh, you know, your roommates, are you cool with putting them up? I, you know, we went, were very clear about the money stuff, and, like, we just made sure everyone was taken care of. When Enreal got added last minute, he didn't have any uh, gear to play with, so we figured that out. <laughs> drove up to where Enreal was staying and, like, made sure we got that worked out. And, Love uh, that guy too. Got to support other people. I would hope people would go out of their way to help me if I was having gear problems it, when I'm this, in another state. It, yeah, this scene is particularly good for that. Do you know what I mean? Because people are so kind and so friendly. As opposed to, I'm sure maybe you've they had are. some experience with some other uh, scenes, and maybe they didn't appreciate what you did quite as much, and maybe that's led to some of the the burnout and everything. Was that, that you were does dealing happen. with that artists? A that, lot of people. Yeah, especially with someone like you who is so giving of their time and, and kindness and care that, you know, 
sometimes the wrong people get it and it burns us out. And I'm just happy that you're here with us now <laughs> instead of maybe yeah, man. with someone who didn't appreciate yeah. you so much. Every scene needs an Alex. The whole thing with bands, yeah, the whole thing with bands has been interesting with me because right before COVID hit, I was actually booking some of my biggest shows with touring bands and they weren't popular by any stretch of the imagination, but they were bands that were getting pitchfork reviews and like good ones, mm -hmm. not like a 3.0 or whatever. And these were like emo and like indie bands. And so mm -hmm. it was kind of that, this first wave that's been happening the last couple of years where emo leaning bands are actually getting respect from major critical cool. publications cool. like Oso Oso. The world oh, so is a good example hey, of yeah. that. Yeah, those bands kind of they set the tone for it happening. And, uh, you know, I actually booked a show in a bowling alley that like 250 people showed up to, including multiple pitchfork writers who were tweeting about it. Oh, and that's that was, so like, cool. One of the last shows I did before the pandemic hit. But during the pandemic, I've reflected so much on the scene and myself. And Vaporwave is what's been exciting to me. And I'm bringing and doing a lot of the things that I was doing in like the DIY, whether it's indie, hardcore, punk, whatever you want to call it, you know, whatever kind of bands I was booking or helping book, I'm bringing that same energy to Vaporwave and my experience. And I think it's a special yeah. thing to have people with that experience in the scene right now who can make the live scene pop off because like Male Tears has said this much, we're kind of in a, a new renaissance of creativity because right. everyone's been cooped up for so long. So they either have a lot to share or they want to get out and do a lot of things now once they feel safe to. And a lot of bands are now releasing their albums. People are creating new works or premiering a lot of new stuff because they feel comfortable doing that again. So there is some validity to the whole second renaissance thing. Absolutely, right. man. There's been an explosion of creativity. And it's awesome. We love to see it. Oh, yeah. How do you like to best um, circulate your releases or how important to you is things like um you know uh, reviews or blogs or curators or i guess spotify playlists with regards to getting pacific plaza discogs out there honestly this is the biggest thing i think about right now uh i mean i get a lot of high quality music submissions so i'm not like worried about running out of submissions so to speak of or course. like running out of releases and yeah a lot of it is like think about how to circulate it best how to get people to just like take a taste of it and at least give it a chance and there's a lot of noise out in the scene now because there's a lot more people that have joined during quarantine and during covid i've never seen so many new people enter the scene between i would say 2017 and now there's so many people that joined during covid and during the pandemic and it's, it's been really interesting to see what some of those people do and to see how like the people who've been around react to them. So I, you know, I talk to people who've been around much longer than I have and their, their perspectives are very interesting, whether it's someone like luxury elite or nano shrine, or even both of you on this show, it's really interesting here. Cause Isaac, you've been around for a minute. Like you're not some new Jack to this stuff. You've been following Isaac's been around music. since the beginning. I, yeah. Sort internet of. music and quotations as a real, like proper noun. You've been following that since the beginning. I love independent so, like, music. You're a very, man. very knowledgeable person about those things. I was, I think, I was mentioning this to uh, Christ the other night when I was talking to him after their show, because I was mentioning how I was going to be on this, and I was like, "Yeah, actually, yeah. Isaac's pretty OG. He's just not a musician." And there is yeah. a hot take here, guys. There is not as much uh, respect given to people who are only curators versus people who are musicians and curators. So. This is kind of I feel goes, that on a spiritual level. 
you know. I think it's because curating it's is easier than it is ways. to make music. I feel like music, uh, party throwing and music making and to praise, music distribution. It's to praise a curator because there's to... nothing at stake praising curators. And so there's something at stake when you're praising musicians, and that's why everyone only says nice things to each other. Uh, yeah, mm. there's got to be some tough love for sure. So if you're not going to say something neutral or negative, you're only going to say positive things. And if you say nothing, in some cases, people in this scene, unfortunately, take it to being that you don't have anything nice to say. So you're not saying anything at all. When I think the case oh, is people are just busy and there's so much content, it's hard to consume It's it true, man. And, and I noticed that you yourself are a very busy person. I like yeah. that. I like that you stated that. I think a lot of people get super booty hurt when they don't hear. I myself am guilty of this. For tweeting somebody and not getting a response and be like, oh, they're on my shit list. And then I talk to oh them later, God. I clear the that's error, so and they go, oh, it was, it's very silly. And they're like, I didn't see it. I'm so sorry. I have a lot going on. And I'm like, well, if I had just stepped back and been empathetic for once and realized everyone's busy, there wouldn't have ever been yeah. any weird vibes. Everybody has their yeah. own life. I've like completely, I don't think about that stuff very Well, much that's because you're smart. <laughs> I know. I just have learned my lessons. You know, from part of it is like some of us have a lot going on in like our IRL lives. And, you know, not everyone yeah. who is, you know, stuck at home during the pandemic, A, and B, end of vaporwave, is in the same situation. Yeah. True. There are some people who are stuck at home all the time, whether that's their choice or not. And then there's some people who are going through a really hard part of their life because of this pandemic. And so they've really been stuck inside and they've been lucky to find the Vaporwave community and meet some people who can support them. Yeah. That's really cool. It is very cool. Um, I think people really should try and just take it easy when it comes to the interacting online and even just like the obsession over who is or is not listening or this and that uh just take it a little easy on that guys because it's not everything it's actually right, i wasn't reacting to you there oh <laughs> I no just saw something I in the notice. chat from quiz no. uh guys i actually have some uh so speaking of quiz i have some anonymously submitted hot takes that uh, some people want us to discuss on oh, the stream, if wow. that's okay. That's one so of, fun that people it. used it. Yeah, that's so fun. one of the anonymously submitted hot takes is that it's this. I'm just going to read it. A lot of the solutions that artists like DDS and Equip have found to do Vaporwave full-time are not tenable for most artists and arguably make it harder for smaller artists with the volume of material that they put out. A lot they to make it. That they is a lot. A That's lot a long that. sentence. All right. So yeah. there's things. like two. There's two different sections to that. In my yeah. Opinion. Okay. Well, part one. Yeah, it isn't tenable because you don't have the following that they do. So if you had the following they do, True. Then you'd probably you'd probably would maybe be doing. You don't that have well. the discog that they uh, have either. Understandably, not everybody. You don't have, have you know, the following that you do that. followers. I think well, part of their point is though that is, like right? if everyone was that if everyone was that big like it wouldn't make sense it wouldn't be possible and that's true I agree. Um yeah I mean okay so that's one and then two is um I don't really think that DDS putting out a lot of work affects you, you know another artist that much at the end of the day I mean DDS exactly. is DDS is DDS they're gonna have their following no matter what you wanna have a following make some really good music turn some heads. I don't think make it's a competition. Make something as good as Heavy Black Heart, and then we'll talk. <laughs> I don't think I don't think, I don't think the big really artists crowd out the small artists. Yeah, I don't think no, the big like, artists crowd out the small artists. Yeah, you're me neither. Getting if you're getting, if you feel like you're, if you feel like you're being crowded out, 
Like if you feel like that's what's happening, that's probably not what's happening. It's probably you need to go back to the drawing board and become a better producer. I'm really sorry. Um, <laughs> like you're not being crowded out. If you feel like you're being crowded out, it means you're just projecting your own issue onto something else. You know, maybe you don't think your music is that good yet. Maybe you think you need to put a little bit more time and creativity into what you're doing, into what your worldview is, into what your sound design is, into what your approach to music is, to what your aesthetic is. Maybe yeah. you won't get crowded out if you're doing something really fucking cool. Like, you probably People won't. People also got to realize, really like, cool. there are glass ceilings to, like, certain types of things. I mean, unless you are the person who is the trailblazer, which is really hard to do, and it's yeah. really taxing when you look back yeah. down the road that you came on, like... It's hard to be a trailblazer. And so a lot of people, especially for smaller artists, here's my hot take on this question, is that I think actually the smaller artists are crowding each other out. Ooh. Because everyone puts out so much material all the time. People are like, oh, my last album didn't do good. Guess I gotta get another one out in a month and a half and try and get it on a bigger label. And if I'm on a bigger label, that means it's gonna be more successful. And that's not it's necessarily like, yeah, true. I don't even know what this, uh, yeah, these like, this is also silly. I'd be popular. No, that's not the case. What? Would you? I don't know. And whatever. No. Who, be on them. Don't be on them. How, Make how a good product. In the chat, how, that? how many people in the chat <laughs> really listen to the Passive Refraction album? No shade on them. But like, even I hadn't listened to the Passive Refraction album and, before I met them in person. And then I went and listened after I met them in person. But like, I don't follow every High Rayeth release because I don't listen Wait, to as they... much ambient stuff anymore. Gotcha. Well, also, I like Future like, Funk more now. Yeah, you're more of yeah. like a disco kind of dancing kind of guy. Also, it's based it's on like, the sets I've seen. It's like yeah. you know we're discussing these things like these are the biggest record labels in the world, and they're not that big. Like there's not even that much of a difference between the biggest record label in Vaporwave and the smallest record yes. label in Vaporwave. There's not even that much of a difference, and everybody kind of excluding 100 percent electronic. Right. Yeah, yeah. and and be really fucking hard. And that's the and exception even, that proves the rule. Yes, and uh, yeah, so like. I don't know these like obsessions over these little things this is so silly because this is so small like what's going on here just make really good shit i well, swear to god if you make really good shit like people are going to notice it like you'll just do if it you treat you other really people stuff, well people like, you know if you're supportive yeah. of other people and you treat them well whether that's publicly treating them well or privately yeah. you will get that respect back and you will get sort of that attention and accolades that you know maybe you're hoping to get if you're doing it for that but like you know, paying people, even if you're not telling everyone that you're paying them, trust me, it word gets around. Paying like, people? What, you, you, what is this paying people? Paying like? people. I know, paying right? Paying who? Who, who do you thought? pay? I know. Wait, who are I they pay paying? Every single artist on my label. Well, I yo, <laughs> paying visualists, I yo. paying people to do visuals. Oh, I see what you mean. I send artists, yeah, I you were paying for releases. Paying for something releases. Paying like payola or some shit. That yeah. is exactly Alex. Oh, no I second that a lot. I tried, I pay everybody all the time 100 percent with the work as much as i can giving people that absolutely pay for those albums everything helps everything helps. buy merch and uh you know showing that you know you can support people is going to go further than asking people for free things and asking people for free labor there's a lot of asking people for free stuff and copious copious amounts in time Copian amounts of free labor and time for things that are being produced on sometimes a nearly professional level. Some of them are on an amateur level, and that's understandable. But there's some things produced in the scene that are on a seriously professional level with seriously professional equipment that's basically having people put out tweets hoping people will agree to do free work for them. And that is a bit scummy, in my opinion. I mean, the reason why we didn't, you know, do a gazillion festivals 
is I didn't want to have to like ask Tyler to do more. I mean, URL shout out is I didn't want to have to ask Tyler, Tyler to do more, and oh, they were already doing Tyler. because Tyler shout out all hell breaks loose. Getting paid. That guy's seriously it, skilled. Big shout out. Absolutely. Like, luckily, we made concerted yeah, efforts to like make flyers. sure people subscribed and to make sure people bought merch. The shirt, the times we did those yeah. like shirt drops and stuff. I went and I made sure I bought the shirt to support Tyler. I support Tyler at the highest level I can. Everyone, because that's like me paying. Everyone that can. I get know? that we're not all rich. Not all of us are able. I know there's a lot of kids and stuff it, in the scene. I certainly pay every pay single time it, I have a chance. You, do it? you know. Yeah. I mean, I talked to Mr. Mello, who helps out with the label, and you know, mm -hmm. he's like our intern. Shout out, Mr. Mello. I give too. every single release Shout for out. free when he worked the door at our show. Mr. Mello got paid to work the door at our show last month. You know who yeah. the only person who didn't get paid from that show was that was part of it? Me. I yep. lost money on that show. <laughs> Yikes. Actually, you know what I realized? I didn't pay DS Dude. I didn't pay Daniel, but I guess he got in the show for free. But, huh. you know, Daniel was, I guess, the only person who didn't get paid. But the person who was bartending got paid. I made sure to tell everyone to tip the bartender because he's a friend of mine who plays in my band. Yeah. The sound engineer got paid. Do you feel like what did Daniel do? Was He was DJing in between night. acts, I want to say, right? Mm -hmm. Daniel DJ. Yeah. yeah, shout out to that guy. Love yeah. DS, dude. So basically, me and Daniel were the only people who didn't get paid at all. And, and you know what? You've, Daniel you've didn't have any a... expenses for the yeah. show. But yeah. I had a lot of expenses for running that show. And yeah. part of it is, you know, putting others before yourself. If we're in a scene where there isn't a lot of money to be made and there and you're trying to like make up for that money with clout, clout doesn't go that far. No. No. It doesn't it really put doesn't. food on the table for sure. <laughs> it's great and, you're gonna uh, play your own show with someone that's like an artist you love, but like I don't know. I mean, doing things and asking for lots of favors is something that's been getting under my skin for the last yeah. year at this point. By the oh, end yeah. of last summer, it was very clear that it was just going to be a thing we didn't talk about. It was going to be untalked yeah. about how we didn't pay anybody, how we didn't try and raise money for ourselves during this pandemic. We raised thousands of dollars yeah. for charities, and that's great. True. I'm not here to say we shouldn't raise money for charity, but also we have a lot of struggling creators in our own community. Why yeah, are we giving thousands of dollars to... These are the real hot takes right now, y'all. Why are we giving... No, that's seriously, though. Why are we giving thousands of dollars to liberal centrist charities... Damn, when we're not paying ourselves, like, why the fuck are we doing that? Like, seriously, I, it, people in this scene claim to be woke. People claim to people whine about how vaporwave is getting woke, but like, we're giving money to liberals. That's not woke. Absolutely that's not. That's what that's that's what the guy who lives in like the suburbs of Berkeley wearing his fucking North Face. I, 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 I really think that we nobody really knew what to do. Like, ACLU doesn't we need like, our money. What do we do? <laughs> I will say it is kind of things that's kind of hard to tell sometimes. Some where people to send did a good to. job with it though. You hard. know, Afrotectopia. Yeah. That was cool that people picked charities like Afrotectopia. I was proud that we picked charities that were local. Oh yeah, you said to like the okra project. We small local things. I remember that. I got to participate in that. It was great trans people stuff that helped lgbt yeah. people we did things that helped oppressed communities and didn't just give money to liberal charities mm. so they'd probably take it as a huge tax write-off anyways you're right you're very right very i did take, take it as a huge tax write-off you're right i wrote off every single dollar we donated and i was very happy to do that because i got stuck with a large tax bill last year oh, i wasn't I talking about, about you that. i was talking about the big the, liberal oh uh, well i charities. did i'll be the first right. one to say it I wrote off every single dollar that we donated in our fundraisers. And it you was, should. That's a great thing. It means the government's yeah. getting less of our money, right? That's that's a good yeah. thing. You should. Yeah, like, keep it in the community. Like, you know, 
I come from a privileged background, but now I don't live with a fuckload of money. Like, I don't have much money, honestly, because I teach, you know, and do this, and I'm trying to do this more. And so, like, I don't want the limited money I have and I'm donating to these causes to go to people who don't, you know, need it as much as, you know, a project that helps, like, you know, uh, black trans folks, for instance, uh, like, yeah. you know, the Okra Project. Yeah. Yeah. So that was something that we just, we didn't talk about. We also didn't talk about, well, you know, compensating each other. And I think that got lost, which was kind of unfortunate. I mean, even when even when a friend of mine, like Sleep Pattern, did visuals for me and was like, you don't need to pay me, I still sent them money anyway. Uh, we, Nano, we've had that conversation when asked, before. When I asked All Hell Breaks Loops to do a set for Nano, Nano paid All Hell Breaks Loops. I should have been the you, one to do it. That was embarrassing guys, for me because I asked All Hell Breaks Loops to do Those are two heavyweights right there. Nano. Paid people for the live streams? Hello? Mr. Mello, he got paid $150 by someone to do a live stream once. What a good person! Right, right. that's amazing. I, I, I did. I did, wait, I did like cool. fourteen. Li I did like fourteen live streams. I mean, if if, if we're being that, honest, people that I mean, played these yeah. didn't get anything. I've never paid anybody, but I've also never been paid. So I think a lot of people, yeah, unfortunately, we were, are expecting it to just be a labor of love. And you're right. That's I mean, cringy. It was, and it is. You know, I'm. It's all right. Don't get me wrong. Right. I'm not trying to shame everybody. I'm not saying there shouldn't have been any events. It, there is a labor of love aspect to it. There was a crisis and struggle aspect to it that it we were all working on like, together to help people. Yeah, I didn't know. Yeah, I mean. but also, you know, as we made it a regular thing, these are conversations we could have had. And I had these conversations privately with some people, and I tried to bring them up on Twitter sometimes. But you know, it's hard to sound. You don't want to sound like a negative Nancy because I know I'm sounding like one right now. But hey, I think we're far hard. enough removed. You don't mince words, sir. And I love that we can have these yeah, conversations. I mean, it was it, it was such a hard. I think it was just really hard for everyone to know exactly what to do, and I think people were restless, and uh, you know, it was hard to know how to get people to. I mean, I guess what we could have done is like maybe become a little bit more comfortable with. Yeah, you're right. Maybe like donating to the people that put the live stream on. Yeah, that's what we need to do. We need to have like I mean, a PayPal where you can donate stories. to the people that are putting on the stream. Because I think yeah, a lot I mean, of people don't pay listen, because they don't know how to raise the money. Do you know what I mean? They don't know how to raise the money, exactly, that, yeah. It is part of a problem. But like, I think about, you know, uh, you know, Indy did those podcasts about the two different festivals he did, the Disco Forever and the My Pet Flamingo Festival. And when I hear his stories about how he was so stressed and freaking <laughs> out about stuff and like running multiple computers and having multiple backups yeah. playing That's the sync, Indy shit. I'm like, I'm like, dude, like, that's so stressful and crazy. Like, you deserve to be paid for that. <laughs> True. I mean, all I guess we sense. all... We always gave all the money to him unless we were doing a benefit, you know? Like, yeah, we I never wanted it for ourselves. When we did a private event, because we did a private streaming event, we gave him, a, we gave half of the money, which was over a grand. We gave half the money Good. to Tyler. Wow. Good. Hey, wow. That guy deserves so it. We actually did a private streaming uh, event, which was a very cool thing. We discovered Rambly. Yeah, oh, I love like Rambly. That. More events need to thing, use Rambly. One thing I will say about the about the streams that we did during the um, pandemic is that, you know, um, yeah, of course, things could have been slightly handled better in regards to what you're saying, but it was still very nice to just feel connected to everybody and to build stuff with them. And, we built um, a lot, which is really this is cool. What we, this is how we could do it, and this is how we all stayed in contact with each other, and this is how we all talk to each other in the in the in the twitch chats and and kept each other company during a really difficult time 
And so, you know, there's that aspect to the live streams as well. And yeah, guess, and uh, it reminded me just cool. like being in the local music scene, you know, the struggle yeah, being in your local music scene where like you, know. you have your group of friends that's coming every show, but you're trying to like book some people from just outside of like that circle and bring some more people in the fold and make some friends instead of just big numbers. It's more about making friends and building the community than just having giant numbers. Yeah. All these and things like, are about I really, I really like that about like the URL yeah. shows. In fact, when I like first bit was able to start going in, into like the Rosewood Discord and hang out in the voice chats during shows, like that blew my yeah. mind. I was like, whoa, this makes this much more enjoyable experience for me. In fact, yeah. when I was able to actually watch a live stream at a friend's house, I was over at Earth Boy's place and we were watching the Biz Cash show this year. Oh, sick! And oh, it was so fun. much fun watching a hero. And listening to a hero while me, Mr. Mello, and Earthboy are playing Mario Kart. Awesome. I watched your Halloween uh, episode with a bunch of friends where DS Dude came out of Skeleton dude. Chapstick. Oh, yeah, was, I remember that. <laughs> that was genius. That was his idea. That was oh, genius. That was so was good. Genius. That was all Daniel. Never, oh. I, I, he did such a great job. I mean, he's just an excellent performer in general, but it was so fun to see him. He really is. Mask on. And doing that, and I just was cracking up, and I couldn't wait to show like all my friends in Philadelphia on the screen and have that. <laughs> I remember too. when you realized there was an emote of yourself. I could. <laughs> like, oh my god, I there's an emote of me. Guys, did he? Just, did he get the official crunch? Emote. <laughs> yes, such a great team over there. You guys really just inspire everybody, and it's just fun lucky. to have. You know, We're very lucky. You everybody know, to, everybody like, wants to move on to SoCal. The other, on the, on the, yeah, it was just really fun for me to be here all the way on the other coast and to be like, oh, my God, look what my friends are doing down in, like, California. Like, how beautiful all this work they put out is. This is so fun. And then to be able to talk to you and, like, we're doing here or online and be like, man, it feels like Alex is, like, not that far from me at all. You know, right. it's so fun. It's like, and we just saw each other recently. How do we, how do we not? It, it, yeah, it, it was like, how do we not meet before? You know, I'm glad I, I have know, that feeling like, with oh, a bunch of people in this California. scene. <laughs> like, yeah. But so yeah, what, what so were you fun. doing right before Pacific Plaza slash virtual memory? Were you in a different scene or were so, you more of kind of like an appreciator? When you were doing the warehouses? Things overlapped, actually. So okay. I made my first Vaporwave tracks back in 2017. I actually uh, just found one of them a couple months ago. And I was like, oh, wow, this is further back than I thought. Right. Uh, so I was playing around with making Vaporwave, and I was listening to Ozcast and the 3D Cast in 2017. Oh yeah, that's right. 3D and Cast. That year was the year I did a lot. Yeah, I did a lot of touring with local bands in my scene. So I was running a label called Pacific Nature Records, and I was booking okay. shows under the name Pacific Nature. And I was living in that warehouse that was also a studio. Mm -hmm. And after I went on this big five-week uh, full U.S. tour with one of those bands, that in the end they kind of threw me under the bus a couple months later. Um, I had actually started working on the Wave Race album, and then after I got back from that tour, I finished making the Wave Race album and put that out in early 2018. And I was still I booking bands, one. and I even went to South by Southwest in 2018 with a couple bands, cool. uh, including one band whose bassist is uh, Reverb Light. So we actually talked about Vaporwave together a lot on that tour, which was funny. Uh, and I was telling him, yeah, I put out this album and it's doing really well right now. And the money from like putting out my own tapes and VHSs of the Wave Race album, like kind of paid my bills on that tour. And because uh, I was just selling them while I was on tour, it was fun. Like oh, they were cool. just selling on the band camp and I would just check the band camp every couple of days and be like, oh, sick. Like we're almost sold out of tapes now. Oh, the VHS sold out. Like 
And uh, yeah, so I was still actively doing stuff with bands and touring. And uh, around that time, 2018 is when I was running Rift Mountain full time. So we were having like two to three shows every week. And uh, yeah, that overlapped with starting Pacific Plaza in summer of 2018. So I put that out to sort of officialize my Wave Race release. And I wanted to do mini CDs because it was a format I discovered in the folk punk scene and, and the indie pop twee scene. And I kind of just always had a little affinity for weird formats. And I was like, no one else mm. in Vaporwave is doing this. Let's put out EPs and short releases on a short format because I love EPs. I've always loved collecting EPs from indie rock bands like Bell and Sebastian. It's awesome because they have so many EPs. They do a lot. Now, are, you're not talking yeah, about mini do. discs. You're talking about mini CDs, the tiny CDs, CDs, right? Yes. They go in a CD player. CD. Got you. Thank you. Yep. It's just like your GameCube disc, but they are not yep. compatible with Thank GameCubes. Thank you. Yeah, because you sent me a mini disc, and I was like... When you were a kid, you might have got them with Bionicles. I used to get these with Bionicles. That was one of my first exposures to 3-inch mini CDs was Bionicles. My first first exposure was actually the Locust self-titled album, which is a mini CD. Is that the one that's a square? It, like, won't play because it's a fucking square CD? No, it's a circle CD. One, it's just a they put out an album that's a yeah, square. You're thinking something, I don't know. You're thinking something the Locust definitely put one. out a square CD. Was it the Locust? I didn't know that a, they put was, was it a late CD? Time? If, if it wasn't the Locust, it was Holy Molar, Goss. Oh, there's somebody. I mean, there are rectangular mini CDs that are business card sized, and I actually put one of those out. Actually, that track, that was one of my first Vaporwave tracks I ever made, uh, Poke Passion Flower, it was on a rectangular mini CD that was uh, made with artwork to look like a Pokemon card. Uh, that's t- that's fun. too cool. Uh, Farplane asks, yeah, any love for a broken social scene? Was like, Fuck yeah. That's one of my favorite bands. He says time. EP to be you and me. Since you mentioned you liked EPs. That's a good one. Yeah. That's yeah. got some. Cool, I, I am also a huge stuff on it. Unreleased songs. Yeah, EP to be you and me had like uh, some very interesting stuff on it. And uh, I think the Canada versus America remix version is on there, and that's the best it version is. of that song. It is. Except for the live versions, because there's a lot of really great live versions of unreleased That band is amazing songs. live, dude. Woo! Yes. I've seen them about four or five times, I think. I only got At to least. see him twice, but yeah. man, best one of the best shows I've ever been to. Mm-hmm. Oh, and Lux like said, Lux found Kevin it. Drew it's the, the Locust album. Follow the flock, step in shit. It's a rectangle. Yeah. I'm not I'm looking crazy. At it right, oh, okay. I, I, no, no, I, I'm looking at it right now online too on the three one G website. So yeah. I, was, I was reading. About Shout that out three one G. They're still a thing. That's amazing. Yeah, the mini CDs were huge in Japan. That's right. That was another format that actually did something in Japan. It was used for singles a lot. Uh, just like how we got normal size CD singles here in America. And uh, mini CDs have been used in the punk scene for, yeah, EPs, short albums, grindcore and power violence bands like them because they're small and short and they're really cheap. Uh, so some of my friends who run power violence True. or grindcore labels have done them just because they saw I did mini CDs and they're like, oh, bro, like, is it really that easy? It's like, yeah, dude, you print the sticker, you put the sticker on, you burn the CD. Right. It's that easy. That's how people did CDR labels in the early 2000s. That's yes, what inspired sir. me to start my first or ever a label Sharpie. When I was in high school was CDR labels. People would yeah. release stuff on CDRs in slip cases. Uh, let's see if I have an example around here. Yeah, please do. I have something better than that. Oh, bro. <laughs> what do we got? Slip cases. First off, slip cases. Yeah, kind of like something like this, but bigger. And it would just have paper around it like a seven inch. But Oh, yeah. You could do something like that, and then you could upgrade it to the next level, like I did with my folk punk band back when I was a freshman in college. Folk and you punk. could 
glue it inside of a felt orange and then sew the felt orange together with the CD. Oh my God! Extra stuff inside. You can see it's on a CDR. Because it's a CDR label. Uriel Opens for Danielson Family once. That I made trying to imitate Sufjan Stevens back in 2009. Right. Oh Listens to Polyphonic Spree once. Wow. Man, yeah, I, I mean, bro. I went through a period I mean, where I was like trying to do this that. This is the kind liner of, like, notes. The acoustic music. That is There's something one, special. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine people who played on it, and then a choir of people. I mean, ah, no Tumblr address listed ah, on it. I love it. How much does it go for on Discogs? And Tumblr. I love it. Uh, zero. I can't. I can't. I love that there's a full <laughs> choir involved. That's so. I, that's the most polyphonic spree I've ever Friends and family period. members that I could Let gather together you, man, to all like, sing I, around with microphone. Oh my god, that's so fun. Yeah, I went through a period before I started really figuring out what my artistic voice was where I was trying to like do ghostly acoustic music. And then at some point I was like, big I think the there's other people pop, doing this Chris. already, and I think they're better than me, and I think I'm just trying to be somebody I'm not. <laughs> like, you know? Yeah, I was I think really we all go through that as hard recording. Yeah, like yeah, man, the, me too. You know, Nutri I mentioned Nutrimook Hotel earlier, and the Elephant Six Collective was a yeah, big inspiration to me and my friends yeah, in high school. The stereo and because, all those yeah. Guys, yeah. Yep, Olivia Tremor Control, mm. they would of Montreal. Microphones. Control, of course, yeah. Hell yeah, dude. Oh, yeah. I, I miss that late Northwest. 2000s no, era. K Records. No, 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 no. Microphones no? is K Records in the Pacific Northwest. They're not part of Elephant Six? Elephant Six? Georgia, Athens, oh, Georgia. Oh, wow. Yeah, no, they were not. Oh, Microphones wow. were part of the whole K Records thing, which I also Thank love you for K keeping Records. me honest. a huge inspiration to me. Because honestly, Good. most indie labels, most I should say DIY labels and people starting cassette labels today would not exist without K Records. In fact, the entire Vaporwave being on cassettes would not exist without K Records. Because K Records was the original DIY punk cassette label back in the 80s. They were the first ones to be like, oh, we can dub these ourselves. We can go to, to you know Kinko's and Xerox the artwork and cut it out ourselves. And they started that. They were doing oh, that in the early 80s for non-hardcore and non-punk music. They did put yeah, out some of that too, and they were friends with Discord and yeah. stuff. So, they, but so like, you're saying this is this like maybe like one of the first like indie labels to really move yeah. that uh, concept from the hardcore scene into uh, to different types of music. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Do you remember the stuff that Constellation Records, Records was doing, where they would like crush a yeah. penny on a? And I've interesting. And then Constellation yeah, yeah, was I've doing been, it. Uh, Sorry, didn't mean yes, to talk over you. And I'm yeah, sure you remember them too. That you know, I was inspired by them too because I loved arts and crafts as well. So arts and crafts. And oh yeah, shout out arts and crafts. That's broken really social like. scene. Yeah, those were the two Canadian labels I loved. And then I really liked Saddle Creek Records. I was really in Saddle Creek Bar Records up in Seattle. Um, what were some Bar other Sook, like specifically labels? Start. Mm -hmm, yeah. And uh, uh, the band that had uh, Harvey Danger was part of that Barsook oh. thing as well. Harvey Danger was Flag on Barsook originally? Yeah, I'm very and, familiar uh, with that. I think Not you're speaking, right, friends uh, Alex, you're speaking, you're speaking to someone who occasionally DJs a 90s alternative dance party. I'm quite familiar with Flag Polsita. Thank you very much. <laughs> oh, yeah. That song, yeah. I it's still a good song. Every, one of those, yeah. every time I good play one. that party. Well, I don't know I, how you beat match all that acoustic music, bro. I think people love it. What's that? I don't know how you beat match all that acoustic music, bro. I beat match. I don't. You think I beat match the '90s really alternative rock night? I don't fucking music. beat match that. You just play what people want to hear. There's no one. You even, just throw up a little smoke and mirrors and. You just kind of play it at the right time. It's you, Chumbawamba like, time. Play at the right time. Yeah. It is yeah. True. It's not even a it's, matter. It's like you if you're playing you seven inches. People would Have be you ever angry watched vinyl DJs? If I mixed it. 
not as often as I like should. Vinyl DJs at shows, like the people who are just kind of doing a little thing off in the corner playing their 60s garage rock singles or whatever. Yeah, you don't beat match uh, for a rock for a dance. Like it's it's a nostalgia party. The people come to hear. They're they're gonna freak out by hearing the opening chords of the song that they want to will listen to. Like, but it's it's and it's just a matter of what you play early, what you play in the middle, what you right. play at night. It's it's all crowd control. It's all yes. like what do people mm-hmm. want to hear next? And if you don't know what yeah. they want to hear, you throw on a no doubt song. <laughs> like, right. Just reset the vibe or sublime or some shit. Well, yeah. not really. Sublime doesn't really work that well for a dance party. I mean, you can not a dance party. That's for sure. It is a dance party. People dance and sing along. It's a dance party. It's a. It's not like a, they don't sit there and drink beer. They're. Oh, no, no, no. I'm agreeing. Sublime would not work on a dance party. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm... like, um, also, I don't really want to play Sublime anyway, so I don't play Sublime. <laughs> oh shit! Hot take. I don't. Why, I saw why, someone I... mention Chumbawamba in the chat. Oh, I definitely put Chumbawamba on. I I actually look forward to when I do that. When I do that party, oh yeah, of course, absolutely. I mean, when I do that party, I just look forward to the right point in the night where I can play the new Radicals song. Like I just wait for like the right time when like everybody is feeling very good and there's the most people out in the dance floor, and then I can hit like you know you got the music. I love that song. <laughs> I can Dude, play that they were song. using and that on the big stream for a while. And it was so everybody, good. I think they were doing yeah. Blasters. I love that song. And then everybody just, they're already joyful, and then they jump up to like 10 times the joyfulness they had prior. And that's just a fun moment for me when I get to do that oh, yeah. thing at the dance party. I love that song. It's a beautiful song. I'll hear no aspersions cast against it. It brings <laughs> the vibes all the way up. There are certain songs like that. It's really fun. Like, if I need to yep. do that, I'll, at, like, Virtual Memory, I'll play Call Me oh, yeah, Maybe, or I'll, play the or I'll play the C-Punk version of Call Me Maybe. Oh, how fun. No Coco Jumbo. The version no. really trips people out. I, I, yeah, that's a good Would question you say, we should talk about, actually. Someone oh. in the chat is talking about Coco Jumbo, and to that I say no. Oh, no. Do you guys remember hey, Coco Jumbo? Vaguely, no. it's like a Vaguely. like a Euro dance song, kind of sorta. I don't know. I don't remember it at all. Never mind. I don't even not even vaguely. I'll look it up though. I'm gonna definitely do my homework. Hey, that's you know we're talking about a thing. It's like you know speaking all of us as people who DJ and have like you know to crowds. Like, are there you know, specific songs that you guys like to uh, really like? Whenever you're not sure what to do, you're like, well, I'll put this on. I'm gonna move everybody. Like, what's what's a song for you guys that you guys like to do with that? What's what's one? What's an example? Well, I just gave away one of mine. Um, ah, but yeah, I did. That's what brings in me terms up of part. in terms of stuff that like really connects with the kind of crowds that we're in front of with our own personal parties or events we DJ. Yeah. In your case, Isaac, I, I mean, better by St. Pepsi. It's absolutely it's that was my answer. Well because better by St. Pepsi. Yeah, it's everybody. It's every vaporwave and future funk DJ's answer because all you got to do is drop. I like it even better than fun tonight, dude. On beat, all you have to do is see. Have at the perfect Ow! yeah dude have yeah that's a good on one four i and then one it hits with the right song. absolutely i like one i absolutely. like cherry pepsi personally i will do cherry pepsi anytime that i need people to uh, do private caller is probably a close second private caller gets everybody moving i think that Lunch cherry tonight. pepsi is the one that you guys should all be dropping it's so fun i like to do that one yeah, also yeah. i drop Pe- i drop people like fiona coin too oh yeah of course i like to drop practice actually when i start a set as the first person uh, pra- you know, wow I like to drop practice oh. practice is great people love practice um nice. there's like other songs i play that i know always work and one of them is uh, this song by mo shop called lovesick 
And that song will make everybody move so much. Dude, you know how powerful Moe Shop is? I got a DM from a friend of mine that is not a vaporwave person at all. And he said, hey, I've heard of this guy Moe Shop. I think you would like him. Let me send you some Spotify links. And I was like, wow. Like, okay, I have to listen to it. I mean, beyond the people in the future punk scene, except for Young Bay and Vantage at this point. There's no one else. Yeah, yeah Moi Shop Bay, is, Vantage, is, is, Moi Shop. I didn't realize Vantage was that up there. Maybe after them. Moi Shop is Flamingosis. just one of like, just like such a, oh yeah, Flamingosis, we can count that. Yep. Moi Shop is just such Honestly, a um, fascinating producer. He's so talented. I have his gear and when he works with it and I watch, and he posts the videos. Uh, oh, they, they watch the Twitch the streams themselves. and stuff that he does? I have, yeah. I, I've, I've, I've never watched, watched their Twitch streams. I've never watched their, their Twitch streams, but when they, um, when they post the, um, the videos that they make, I'm just <laughs> like they are so talented. <clears throat> yeah, I got a question anyway. for you, Alex. Are there any particular sounds that you find yourself gravitating towards, or conversely, are there any like instruments or synth sounds that you particularly don't care for, for DJing or for the label? For you personally, or either one? Well. The label is like partially personal taste, partially things that I think fit in, partially things I think will do well. Okay. I mean, that is definitely a factor. Can't, there's no two you ways You gotta about make it. your money like, back. When you're like serious about like paying artists and you're serious about putting together budgets for releases, you have to make that money back. Uh, but for myself personally, I really like uh, Balearic feeling things. I was really into Swedish mm. indie pop. And also into like weird Swedish electronic music, like Air uh, like France JJ, and stuff. The Tough Alliance, Air France, everything on the Sincerely oh, Yours label, France. basically stuff on. Oh, Labrador, I love that Service. label. That's such a cool label. Yeah, oh, all those kind of things. In a while, nice, right? And I've been going yeah. into that stuff again Go lately their discography too. Again, now. because I'm going I finally back to that signed up since we're done this podcast. Oh wow, yeah. Yeah, oh. so I've been like just diving in all the Swedish stuff I love because I really loved Swedish indie pop like uh, Acid House Kings, Irene, uh, The Legends, Suburban Kids with Biblical Last Names. Which oh, I love The Legends, Wiz. He likes that band. Yeah, and I really loved a lot of that stuff. I'm from Barcelona, Jens Lekman, stuff like that. Jens like, Lekman, I forgot I about that, that guy. That kind of like very saccharine pop music, and I love it when it's combined with good beats too. And it's so got like really that like yeah, that lo-fi JJ. guitar sound Big like JJ. Yeah. Yeah. And so I try to drop drop JJ tracks in my like sets, but it's a little bit tricky. And you know, I've actually gotten a bit into like Blady and like a little bit of the kind of like emo trap stuff that's been happening from, you know, that crew up there. Uh, but I'm not like super deep into the emo trap stuff. I've just sort like, of dipped uh, my toes in a little bit. I like the new Blady of, Much uh, Talk uh, album. Oh, yeah, dude, that sad boy uh, stuff uh, has Wicca, definitely changed Wicca over the years. Springs forever, is that it? Former member of Tiger's Draw. Yeah, Adam, dude. Yeah, former member of Tiger's Draw. That's correct. Adam's yeah. a legend, dude. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Former that's so funny. I knew so draw. many kids who were in a Tiger's Draw, but I miss that band because I got out of emo stuff around like 2009 or 10 because I got really into Caribbean mm-hmm. music, funk, soul. Obviously, and disco. The natural because I was taking natural progression. Well, I was taking a lot of classes at UC Berkeley, so I went to UC Berkeley oh. and I got a degree in musicology and a minor in anthropology because my oh. plan was to get a PhD in ethnomusicology. Of course, PhD market was absolutely fucked by the time I graduated in 2013. And I was like, fuck, going back to school. Right, damn you. 
Yeah. And so, like, going to Berkeley, I just opened my eyes to so many different types of music. I took a Caribbean music class. I was in the African wow. drumming ensemble. Oh, uh, that's too cool. Yeah. And, uh, wow. what a, what a you know, I mean, obviously, like, then. playing DIY shows. I have ran a house show venue one of my years. I was in school. And, uh, you know, I just got exposed to so many different things on a really academic level but also on a really personal level. Like uh, the guy who led the Africa Drumming Ensemble was like an 80 year old dude from Ghana. And he was just, CK Lazapo was like such a cool guy and a great teacher. And so I learned a little bit about like drumming and polyrhythm from that. And uh, I've definitely used that when it comes to like DJing or uh, you know just playing music in general, knowing a bit about polyrhythms really helps you do more interesting things when you're playing and creating. So all these little things, yeah, that I could just like point out for my life, like affect what I've done but all the different types of music little, I've gotten what? into, like yeah. I love different types of music. I wouldn't just call myself an emo person or a vaporwave person. I can attest to that because I've seen a, a handful of uh, trucks passing truck sets and you definitely get eclectic in your sets. Yeah, I'm trying to, your to credit. some of those things from outside of vaporwave into it. Like I have a playlist on my Spotify that I keep where it's like, oh, things I think could work in a vapor trap set that aren't vapor trap, for instance. Oh, There's so a lot of fun. stuff that's around that 70 to 80 BPM mark or yeah, man. That, that isn't necessarily vapor trap, but it maybe has a little bit of trap to it or it has the atmospherics to it. So I've been trying to mm -hmm. compile some of those things for like, you know, when we come back to shows again, when there's random people who are not online vapor nerds like us, they might recognize those songs and they might be like, oh, this is cool. The music I already like fits in with this vaporwave thing. I'm right. going to come back. I love blending genres That's why like I think that, it's dude. cool the way you DJ Skeleton Lipstick because you throw in oh. a lot of tracks that bring people from outside the scene into it and you make them fit alongside stuff really well. That's what impressed oh. me about you and Fantacat at Terminally Chill last month. Thank you. I noticed oh. that and I was like, oh, wow. I really yeah. personally just stick straight to Vaporwave and Future Funk stuff. Maybe a little bit in the 90s or like Euro influenced things in French House. But like you and Fantacat, You'll put a Porter Robinson track next to a pop yep. culture remix next to St. Oh, Pepsi, sure. and that's really cool. Yeah, and that then, is yeah, really exactly. smart. Like, oh, for sure, I'll have like George yeah. Clinton and then like Grimes. <laughs> like, yeah, that's that's hard. That's not easy to do. Frank There's really so many clashing melodies. Like, wave in his stuff, you know, when he was DJing, and so obviously your guys' choice of a special guest was perfect between you and uh, Fantacat because Frank brought stuff that people really recognized, and I think some yes. of his choices inspired you and Fantacat to also choose the in that vein because i know that's how it works oh yeah if i'm watching other djs start to play a lot of like 90s pop mm -hmm. i'm gonna think about what haven't they played that i could play and i think well, you, like, you know, i try to learn from every single dj i, I watch I as well i refer to these parties as the vaporwave scene parties in that it's for the scene like we're just having a good time we're playing the artists we like we're keeping the party going stuff will shift over to whatever we feel is necessary and whatever it seems you guys want as well as being weirdos just like us that like are going through a playlist on your uh, on your Spotify. You know, Vaporwave is a big old melting pot of all the different influences we all have with it. So that's why you can move to those different things because it's the Vaporwave scene dance party. It's for us as friends and those who wants to be involved. You know, we're not, this isn't even really like marketing vape. You know, you know what I'm saying? Am I making sense right yeah, now? It's, like, you're making like, a lot of sense. You don't this think of it like as marketing, but like thing. it's this easier like, to put, yeah. Yeah, you're not doing like, it for marketing purposes. Do. You're doing it because this is what you enjoy. And yeah, these things can all exist together. Art, art doesn't exist in a vacuum. People yeah, like to think exactly. their art or their subgenre or their sub 
culture exists in a vacuum, and that's just not the case anymore. Maybe it was in 1986 or 1992, but it doesn't exist like that anymore. That's just not how subculture is anymore. Mm-hmm. So yeah, because we're also playing things stuff together that, is cool. Yeah, her playing, you know, Spantacat putting on like a Porter Robinson track. Like we're putting on the Porter Robinson track because we know the vaporwave people also like that. Like we're putting on that. True. We're not putting on. Like, True. We're not actually putting on a different act from that scene. We're putting over the one that like that has a lot of crossover and that also inspires a lot of future funk producers and myself as well because I'm a huge Porter Robinson fan. So like these person's work inspires me and inspires multiple other people in the scene. And if you listen to Vaporwave, you probably don't also you maybe don't listen to a lot of EDM, but you probably listen to like Madion or you and and Porter Robinson. You probably listen. You might not be listening to Elenium, but you're probably listening. To there those might two, be a maybe. lot of there might be a lot of remixes you actually enjoy. See, I never got deep into EDM, but all my roommates in college were into EDM. And they would play a lot of it, you know, at our parties and we would throw parties and I would always be the person putting on like a disco track or a Daft Punk track. Of course. And around the time that uh, Random Access Memory came out, it was when I was still in college. And so we were obviously insanely excited for that. And my roommates were the kind of people going to like big EDM festivals in that 2009 to 12 era leading up to Random Access Memory when I think it finally really blew the lid off for every single person to be into EDM after that. But uh, anyway, <laughs> the the EDM stuff, I was never super deep into it, but I enjoyed going to festivals with them. I would throw down the money to go to a festival because it was fun to it's go fun dance and hear DJs play remixes. Yeah. They're not so just fun. playing like they're It's big, some fist pumping fucking music with all the drops and shit. In a stadium, you know, like no, maybe it, Miami very... Ultra is like that now. But like back in 2010 and 11, it wasn't like that when you went to an outdoor EDM festival. Yeah, the, uh, and, uh, the outdoor EDM festivals are... I mean, they're like basically like little like sense you know, audio sensory presentations. You know what I mean? Yeah, true. They they're not they're not it um, a lot. They're they're like little spectacles. Each one each one of these little things these artists do is a, some is big a budget spectacle. shit. They organize. Yeah. They're producers. Mm-hmm. They organize their sets around the production of an experience. I enjoy them. I don't For always sure. know these artists, but whenever I have an opportunity to go to one, well, there's a lot of EDM influence in your music. I feel. Them. Oh, sometimes like maybe like, I, I feel, feel like your music is is very here's, like here's, drop a, here's a not hot here's a not hot at all take, but I don't know how Skeleton yeah. Lips is gonna feel about this. Uh-oh. You've been throwing a lot of EDM stuff into your recent production. He really has more towards dance music, and that's a really uh-huh. good thing because it expands the purview of people who could get into vaporwave, and it For literally sure. lines up with the definition of your song, "Vapor Never Sleeps." So yeah, you were very yeah. obviously doing that, and I wouldn't say yeah. it's even a secret or you're just low key doing it. You are doing that, and that's cool. Yeah, so that's absolutely. my hot I, I, I want the new ex- Skelly tracks. I would characterize him as EDM. Like you should be listening to them. Thank you so much. You're so I just love you. You're so sweet. Um, mm-hmm. And it, you know, but even like the last three or four tracks I have released are more traditional sounding stuff by me. But uh, they're still different. And then I have the Winter Quilt remix, which just came out, which is also very oh, different. Yeah. But really, <laughs> me doing all this stuff too is like I'm not a lazy producer. Like I want to learn more diff- more ways of doing things because if I can learn it, I can bring it into my arsenal, and it can be another thing I can do. You know what I mean? Like right. I don't. Add like it to your repertoire of technique. Window, I want everything to sound like... Good comment anxiety of the spectacle. <laughs> like, I want everybody to understand that all this music comes from the same identity in person, which I think it does. People can feel my, my presence in the music I write. But I don't want to always make the same kind of thing over and over again. And I think that some producers just continue to do the same type of music 
and don't expand what they're able to do and combine it with what they're already done. And I think that's like, come on, guys, like step right. the game, learn some new we ideas. We gotta grow, play right? With the LFO a little, play with the LFO a little yeah. bit. Like you know, you're not. And being, I do you know, understand. And I do understand that there are a lot of like kind of newer and younger producers who, you know, you got to like make those basic and you got to make those simple tracks to kind of get them out of the way before you start to like get deeper into how you're going to produce your music. But I think there are a lot of people who just kind of throw out their early, not well thought out work and then they later go back and disown it. And it's like, you should just moved on from it in the first place. You didn't need to like hype up your new thing and then ask everyone to watch it. And then two months later when you make a better album, you're like, oh, I don't want to, I want to pretend this doesn't exist anymore. And like only my new stuff exists. There's so much of that going on now. And it's like, I try really hard to make music that I'm going to like forever. <laughs> like whenever I write a song, it's like, am I going to like this forever? So like, that I really well. love, yeah, which is why like I still like, I wrote, you know, my first, like, first album like 10 however many years ago and i think it's i still really like listening to it because i remember trying to write i try to write music that i think that i'm always going to like so i really think deep before i make something because i'm like i am stuck with this music for a long time so i should really try my hardest to make something i believe in do you know what i mean also, if you think the, the EDM stuff sounds a little bit different, I have like a bunch of Clams Casino stuff that I just wrote. Ooh, drop it, drop it, drop it, drop it. Like, that's not <laughs> very cool. For that. <laughs> Plus, I have that, like, I still am like almost finished. Yeah, we should get a skeleton lipstick on Pacific Plaza. I, hey, I'm man. More work done. Give me a minute. Give me a minute. Give me, work. Let me formulate. Let me formulate. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I have like another Skeleton Lipstick album done already, and then I have this one done. And then I also have the one that sort of sounds like Emeralds, which I'm still mixing. Yeah, down. drop that too. Drop that too. Uh, I don't, I don't know how you have time for all the stuff you do as well. You know, you say that to me, but I also ask that back to you because I know you are a doctor and you went through medical school, which A, is just extremely tough to do. But like you balance having a full-time job with what you're doing as an artist. And I wonder for you, how does that look like in the day of someone who goes to the hospital on uh, like five, five days a week, four days a week? I don't know well, how your schedule no, work, works, you know, I work in, or goes I work to the office, I should say. I work in private practice now. I'm a private contractor. There's a company that hires me and has me come to their offices to do work. I do it four days a week. I go from 9 okay, to 3.15 yeah. p.m. and I leave. And then there's every third month, they fly me to Detroit to do work there for about three days. So I okay, cool. am in private practice and I have limited my scope and limited what I'm responsible for with people. And so I can have more time to do things like my creative endeavors. And also... Love to that. do my creative endeavors and also like just to have some time to myself and to work on my, yeah. my inner self and to really think about mm -hmm. my needs and what yeah. I want. Like, honestly, you're right. It was really back in the day, not even that long ago. Like, yeah, my schedule was packed and I was working more or I was in residency and I was still doing this music and I was still setting up the shows and DJing and whatever. Yeah. And like, uh, you know, I've now like I'm taking a step back a little bit from all from uh, from <laughs> doing too much. You know, and you gotta sleep, dude. Work now. Well, you also Sometimes have to you have time for your steps back. It's hard. Time. You have to have time for your personal life too, right? For your needs. Yeah. Sometimes you're giving and the needs of people to... in your life that are important. You know, sometimes you have to prioritize. Correct. Yeah. I mean, you do, and I, I'm gonna do that. Yeah, I'm lucky because like I've been dating my current partner for about two years, and you, if I wasn't, I would probably just kind of do this all the time, nonstop. And no, it's good that you have. When that I other hang out with her, life. you know, I'm able to put down my phone. I don't bring my computer over. Uh, no. For the most part, I eschew working when we hang out together. And nice. 
you know that's healthy she has helped me be more healthy which is cool so i'm lucky for that because you you know when you experience success sometimes you just want to keep going and going because you think it's going to keep climbing and getting bigger forever and that can lead to burnout too i think i've known some people who have experienced that lately oh wow you get too big for your own good you know you gotta really keep yourself in check and that's why it is good to have that personal life right to have that time when you turn it off and you can like really look at yourself you know and whether that be with your friends or your partner it's really great to turn off that per- part of yourself and just look at, are, am I fulfilling my needs? You know what I mean? I'm fulfilling a lot of other people's yes. needs. I'm getting a lot of people who admire me or think about me, but you know, who's, where, 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 where am I in all this? You know what I mean? And I think it's yeah. great that you have that time to turn everything off and connect with your partner and, you know. Yeah, and I'll say the pandemic other, was good. Person that you are. Yeah, and the pandemic was good to me in a way because it did give me time to reflect and take time for myself. Because before, mm. at the beginning of 2020, I was working three different jobs. I was doing the after-school program stuff. I was working at an escape room, and I was doing DoorDash. And I quit wow. DoorDash right at the end of 2019 as 2020 started. I actually got fired yeah. from the escape room because I like didn't show up for some days. And I was no, like, I still want to teach because I do yeah. like to teach and I do like working with children. Uh, but luckily, I got out of that escape room before the pandemic started. That would have sucked. That would have yeah, like that would have been the number one place to catch it. Like mm-hmm. a room where you literally just touch the same things other people touch you over and over all day. And, and all my coworkers were terrible. They were so bad at cleaning. No offense to any Zoomers out there. They were all like Disney-loving Zoomers who would not clean and work, not work very hard. And like oh, no. it was so frustrating to me because it was like, yo, if we all put in a little bit of effort then we, one person doesn't have to put in a fuckload of effort. That's how like working hourly wage jobs works. If we all do a little bit, then we're all gonna be good. And if exactly. one person has to do everything, then everyone's gonna start getting mad at each other and clicks are gonna form and stuff like that. That's the only thing I like don't wanna see in the vaporwave scene is clicks of people forming. Oh yeah. It's really easy to do that. It's easy to like, you know, uh, be like, oh, we don't like what those people do these people don't like what we do or they think like these people probably don't like me or these people are too big for me or too good for me and that's you know that's rough for people I, I to deal with and it really I affects some folks i think they it form does. a lot that's of genres generally but i, I agree yeah. yeah i think my hot take on that <clears throat> is that there are Fun. some people who see themselves as really uh, on like being cool with everybody and not forming clicks i think my hot take on that is that people think they're too close to some people who they're really not that close to there's a perceived intimacy that's not really there oh so that's on the flip a really side good point. that is a yeah. really good perceived intimacy that doesn't actually exist we only talk to each other yes. on the internet in some cases people like True. i can't add you as my friend on facebook like i don't know you. or people who think like they're really close to 100 electronica and george when it's like yo they're on such a different level than the rest of the scene like they're very cool and very accessible towards us but they're not on the same level at all. You can't ask them and expect anything from them because they have a lot of very serious concerns to deal with at all times. Yeah, man. <laughs> Running can, a like, very serious label. Oh, let me tell you, like most, like a lot of my time, not a lot, but like I, every once in a while, like I have to like gatekeep for George or even for Lux, who's in the chat right now. Like I have to I gatekeep. do it for Data Girl sometimes, yeah. You know, I mean, there are like, people that have to like, do that for some of their friends. You know, people will, will reach Especially out to Especially the women like, in Vaporwave. Hey, can you ask George if he'll do this for me? Can you ask uh, Lux if she'll release an album on my label? And I have to tell them, I'm like, 
you can ask yeah. them yourself. Like one of the reasons, <laughs> that, you know, like I don't use my friends or anything like that to you're like just because I know these people yeah. and I have like they're fucking whatever. They're I can talk to them. I'm not. I'm not gonna talk to them for you. Like I'm not even like. Yeah. What, who are you? No. Like this is like I am not the keeper. You know, you, you can ask him yourself. Good man. It's uh, it's interesting, especially. I mean, I watch the big stream every week. I do actually really enjoy a lot of the content that like 100% in like people on the label put out, and I really like do tune in regularly. And sometimes I just I wonder what's gonna happen when some of those people meet George in person and like realize like oh, there is this distance, you know, and. Uh, the same thing with like Cat Corp. Some people think they can like get really close to Cat Corp and like you know get him on their show or like get one of his rare tapes that don't exist or something anymore because Yorin's a very accessible person. You know, he's given me advice just without you know me even being friends with him or whatever. But like, yeah, some people are really accessible now, which is funny because that's different than the anonymity of the early vaporwave scene. Right. Uh, hey, man. Is there a specific song or album that you think everybody should hear at least once? I'm going to go with something a little less obvious, because, yeah, I can think of something for sure. And I would say Biosphere by Cobalt Road and Stack Overflow. Oh, that's that such a good one! favorite album. Oh, it's so it on good. Tapes back in the day. Great choice, man. And it is some of their, it's a, one of the greatest collaborations, where they actually are working together on every song. It's not just a split yeah. album. And uh, the production's amazing. The sample really choices is. are wide, and the artwork just enhances the aesthetic so much. Whether it's the alternate artwork, because I have both versions of it on cassette, and there's different artwork for different okay. versions of it, and versions put on different artist band camps, because you know, after Bedlam dissolved, people put up their old music in different places. Right. There's alternate art pieces based around it, and they all kind of work together to build it. In my opinion, it's seriously one of the greatest all-time vaporwave albums in my opinion a great choice biosphere man. by Stack overflow and cobalt road i love it yeah. yeah that's a good choice who want really underrated this is one i know skeleton lipstick also loves and oh. it is you melt me by fla mingo oh oh yeah yes, one of the most underrated favorite so albums good. that's yes. that's one of my favorite albums that thing is so we both have expert. a track on there that we both like to play yeah, uh, you know, know I need to get track? into more Flamingo. I didn't realize that that is a Kelly Clarkson sample. Oh, you didn't know that that was the uh, that the, the vocal sample? No, my, my my partner pointed that. She's like, you know, there's like a that's like a Kelly Clarkson song, and I was like, I had no idea. It's just a really great flip, man. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 outstanding because it's like a different. It's like you know what he did on that album was like take pop lyrics and like create a whole new song and like change the vocals around on them and you know there's like a lot of like uh, what's her name like. Uh, I think it was Taylor really Swift Taylor, samples. Taylor Swift samples on there too, but like yeah. the songs are, the vocals are taken. Well, because like we don't have a, it's like just using these vocals as your singer now, for these new songs, and it's just one of the most phenomenally used albums that I've ever heard, and uh, really inspires me every time I listen to it. And actually, Fantacat played "You Melt Me" at the last T Chill. Hell so, yeah, that song. Love that you song. You played it Love in some album. of your URL sets too. I've definitely played it in some of my URL sets. Cause it's it's just so fun. It's just like it's this whole. Yeah, you know, that's like, one of my go-to's like, at virtual memory. I like playing that really, live, even if people don't recognize it. They always ask me what that song was, and that's a good you know, sign. Like that, if people yeah, ask you what like, the song you played is, and that's a good sign. Yeah, it's, 
it's just like I don't even know. Like it's this like this like synthy like chill wavy, but not because it's a little bit more high energy. But it's also sort of like, yeah. like wobbly and moody. I don't even know what uh, it's like. It's got the big side chain on some parts of it. I don't I mean, even. That's even what know gets what the people moving exactly. But I I really, really just it's just a very Perfect I just love fit that. For biz cash. It was one of those things I found on business casual where I was like, oh, this really yeah, helps I, like I, shape my idea of what the label was. Right. Separate yeah. from their first basically twenty to twenty five releases. Because if you look at I, that, I, that's a little bit different than what they've done since. Yes. Yeah. True. Isaac, if you haven't heard it yet, listen to a. Uh, I was gonna say, slide me that link, link, man. I'll slide you that link. Um, it's just um, yeah, someone. Will, someone will I actually, I actually chat. was very effusive. John was, uh, John was on the uh, show before, and I was actually very effusive with how much I liked that album when he was on. And, uh, yeah, that was a was fun episode. Room, being like, yeah, yeah, bro, tell him. Um, yeah, yeah he's no. producing us something mangoes now. He's just something off in a different like scene. He, he I guess. doesn't do music like he used to do like that anymore. He only did the two albums like that, but. Yeah. Um, Isaac, is there an album that you think everyone should listen to? Woo! Uh, man, um, let me let me get back to that. There's a question in the chat that I want to send to Alex, I would, and I will I would, answer I that answer question. Would, yeah, yeah, why don't you let's, give us? Let's, let's have Dr. Chris answer. Let's have Dr. Chris answer. I'll give you the question, and then I'll answer. For, for me, it's um the the two Dreams West albums. Um, oh, they're so good. Self-titled and twelve fifty-six, like so those good. two albums were extremely influential on everybody. Absolutely, on the scene. Well, a lot of people on the scene. But the the first Dream the West album, the self-titled one, and then twelve fifty-six. I think those are essential. James West for needs to make more music. Um, mm, I don't know the answer yeah. to that. I'm going to be boring. Wait, There's so much that I love. I don't know the answer. And who else? What was the other release besides self-titled? Uh, twelve fifty-six. Twelve colon fifty-six. Yeah. Oh, Colin 56. Okay. Those two, uh, those are like that's like I don't think much. I don't think much wow. has ever even topped those first two albums. In this, They're fucking amazing, my, dude. I don't even think anything has really ever topped that those one two specific albums. song. Sweating is like the best vaporwave yeah. song I've ever heard. I swear to God. Um, I don't oh. know the answer, unfortunately. So I'm gonna ask you, Alex, a question that Farplane posed in the chat. Yeah. You need to yeah. check him out. He's really good. Uh, good proto yeah, vapor. I already have it added to my Bandcamp wish list. <laughs> Please do, man. Uh, Farplane says, um, what is the right way to go about releasing music? I don't know if this is an either-or question. It says, what's the right way to go about releasing music on a personal Bandcamp versus a label Bandcamp versus other formats? Okay, so I have thoughts on this for sure. Um, and some of these are things I actually recommend to people who send me submissions. Uh, first off, for working with a label, it's important to pick uh, a label of the right size. If you know that you're not going to sell more than 25 tapes, then you probably shouldn't be submitting to a label that's consistently making 50 to 100 tapes, unless you think you really have something special. And in a lot of people's cases, your first album, it could be a mixed bag. Sometimes it's really bad. Sometimes it is like this, like, genius thing that just no one's ever heard before but that's like very rare it's really rare that's, usually people <laughs> and, who have uh, albums like that have like been playing in other bands a lot first or made a lot of music and, before they changed the moniker to that yeah and sometimes they have yeah connections already but i recommend that people put out their first release on their own or on a digital only label uh okay. be that dmt sunset grid uh who's still doing like a lot of consistent digital releases um twin pines mall has the bogus collective that's another good one so if you're specifically a vaporwave artist and you have your first album i recommend trying to get it on one of those digital only labels and release your own 
thing on your own Bandcamp. Because if you just immediately release on Business Casual or DMT, it's going to be hard to actually get those people who listen to your album to follow you as an artist. They are not going to be connected to your Bandcamp. Mm. And as an artist in this scene, Bandcamp is so popular. That is the best way to keep in contact with it's your true. fans and build your fan base is to do it through your own personal band camp and not rely on the label. You should be bringing your fans to the label. Then the label should have fans that they can also introduce you mm. to, which should be somewhat reciprocal. It shouldn't just be the label hooking you up unless it's a label that's already insanely established, which there are only a couple of those in this scene, business casual being one of them. Right. You need to bring something to the label. I mean, if you're just another vaporwave artist with another batch of slowed down samples, what excitement is there for me to work with this unless you've like somehow like found the perfect tempo to slow something down to like Maybe the perfect like theme I, I, or something yeah the perfect, like, vibe. you know that's like deal. that's rare almost every song has been sampled at this point and the most of the songs that are sampled a lot have already been done well by someone else that has made it sort of iconic it's hard yeah, to I, sort I, of recontextualize a sample in a way that becomes the zeitgeist opinion on that sample i mean yeah it really de- those kinds of albums like really depend on how the whole thing comes together as like an entire environment and like when yes. you're going to do songs that are like this when they're going to be slower when they're going to be more dramatic when they're going to be more time stretched and become ambient when they're going to be a small yeah. break and what the overall theme of what you're trying to connect is and whether you're sincere or not when you do it you know what i mean like that's yeah. the way those so albums work i think the concept of an album and it's sort of having its own little narrative and story to it whether that is like within the album itself or if the narrative about it is you is the process of making it or it has something to do with the artwork or a story you're including like that is helpful and if you're able to do that then maybe you are ready for a label if you have a more fully formed project ready to go and you know that you need help for specific things like finding good artists to work on your visual art or someone to give you a little bit of feedback on the music or someone that's going to help you put together a good physical package, not just visual artwork, then maybe that's when you need a label. Uh, If you know how those things work and you know that a label is good at it, then you should hit up that label and work with them. I think a lot of people in Vaporwave choose their label based on how popular it is, and that's not a good way to choose your label. So don't just hit up the most popular label you possibly can because that might be business casual and John might only give you his most basic promotion package, which he explained to me the other night. I was talking to him about this. I told him I specifically try to poach artists off his label and not in like a negative <laughs> I love that. In a way where it's like, hey, you've worked with biz casual for great label, super respect them. I'm sure you noticed that this is how he does promotion and that's what you're going to get. If you work with me, if you have an idea where you want to do some cool promotion or you want to work together to brainstorm cool promotion, come work with me because that's what I provide as a label. John provides an audience and consistency as true. Different labels provide different things. So you need to choose a label that provides what you like. If you're looking yeah, very, at very, very well you said, can't tell what they really provide, then maybe those labels are not really that great. If all they provide is maybe like a novelty service, that's mm-hmm. not something you normally see in the, I hate to say this, the music industry. Maybe they're not that great or serious of a label. If all they do is put out novelty products, then that's not a serious. So release on Qingdao. That's a novelty trinket creation label. Trinket no, Qingdao is actually like a pretty serious label. Their design is really good. They put a lot of work it into is that true. design to make it look cool. It is like, true. But it's not an art. But that's not a label that's developing artists. That's different. That really is like a marketplace. It's like a bootleg store. They're more like a record store than a label. <laughs> they're hilarious. I'm talking about labels, not record stores. But one of my hottest takes 
This is what uh-huh. I actually thought about. Is that most labels in the vaporwave scene are really just brokers for manufacturing. Most of them are not record labels at all. Most of them literally just help artists work with manufacturing businesses to create physical products. They don't actually promote the music. They don't promote the artist. They don't see the vision. They don't expand on the vision. And they don't contribute anything to what their artists are putting out. They literally just provide the money and they send the emails. Because most Mm -hmm. people are mostly getting things made professionally in this scene now. There's very few True. people doing things DIY. People are sending their albums bad. off to get mastered thing. and shit. It's good, you know? Yeah, I want my albums mastered. I, I will give you money. If you're on my label, I will give you money to get a cassette master if you want to do that. Because I'm happy <laughs> to hear you say that. Like, I don't go out of my way to tell every artist they need to go pay for a cassette master because I can do that. I offer I, that service man, to my I artists where I can make a cassette mastered. version if you want. Shout out But uh, if you pay YouTube Angel to do it... For those. Yeah, if you hit up Angel or if you hit up Zach from Doom Trip, I'll be over yeah, the moon and I will send you some stuff. extra money right? to do that. Or Fiber. For the iClick album, dude, I sent Will money to get the good version and Love to help Will get Wade. the mastering stuff pushed along, you know? And that album came out great. It, it did, really dude. Good. Laundry it did service. better than when it was sent to me, you know? But I heard the potential in it when it was sent to me unmixed and mastered. And I was like, so you're getting this mastered, right? And they were like, yes. And I was like, perfect. Let's do this. You're on the same level I am here. And so you need to be on the same level as your label. So you need to understand what that label's about if you want to work with the label. Right. And that's if yeah, you want to have a serious relationship. Really if you point. don't want to have a serious And if you want to work hard, then you work can with work specific with one. plaza. You, well, yeah, Hell but yeah. If, you do, if you don't want to do that, because not everyone wants to do that. And everyone's trying to be a professional artist. And that's True. fine. But, yeah. you know, know the type of label you're working with. And if you just want someone to make 25 tapes for you, there are a lot of vaporwave labels out there that are essentially brokers and not record labels. Yep. yep. And you yep, can tell because true. they post these product photos that are literally fake. And if all you're doing is posting fake product photos, you are not doing any work because all you did was get the same template that every other fucking label Damn. for free on the internet. These takes are putting images into layers Woo! of Photoshop, and that's that's not promoting art. That's just trying no. to make trinkets to sell. The hottest episode yet. Passion. Dude, Love the passion right out now. There just trying to go after the biggest artist. Hey, it's because the man see. works hard. Put that artist on whatever, the whatever format, whatever format that artisan's not been on before. They say, hey, I can put you on this format. You want to be on my uh-huh. label now? Shit, that's everybody not, wants uh, to be on Pacific that's Plaza after art. this. That's not yeah. developing artists. Like Pacific Plaza right. and 100% Electronica yeah. are labels that develop artists and create relationships. That is, and no, want that to is see the, better exactly things. a thing. That is a big thing I noticed for Pacific Plaza, 100%. Well, yes, Alex, we are getting close to the end of our broadcast. If to you uh, that because I worked really hard in 2020 to get my promotion stuff on, on lock. We have promotional documents for every single release that we do here, basically. I mean, unless we're like yeah. personal friends and I'm going to hang out with you in person like Groovy, which we just hang out in person to plan his releases. Sick. <laughs> uh, you know, and Earthboy, same Love thing. We just hang out in person Love to plan his releases. Same. But like, I make promotional documents and we say, hey, who's reviewed you before? Hey, who's played your music before? Have you been on someone's playlist ever? There's some people who've been on playlists, like the Skeleton Lipstick Weekly playlist he was putting out, or your guys' right. playlist. Uh, yeah, I'm going to get, well, get back to that to again, guys. Yeah, Don't please worry. do. Yeah, I will get back to that this week. <laughs> you know, Sorry about that. So, it's been a rough time. You know, yeah, it's been busy. Time. It's we, okay. I do, I do a lot of work to make sure we have multiple Instagram story-sized promotional things, make sure we have a promotional graphic for announcements. We pick a date to announce the album, pick a date to announce the artwork, pick a date to announce 
product photos of what the tapes are actually going to look like, and we make sure we have real product photos of real tapes, Sick. not just fake graphics. <laughs> and, that. you know, sometimes those are wow. fake. Sometimes my product photos are fake. My product photos are not always the actual tape I mail That's to people. Right. Sometimes, because I just have hella different colors of tapes, I can just yeah. take a black tape and I have my sticker printed already because the artwork is supposed to be ready yeah. two weeks yeah, yeah. before release on my label. And I can make a product photo even if the tapes haven't shipped to me yet because I have a lot of extra tapes. Or course, I'll just take a tape out of my own collection and I just won't photograph the actual design on the shell. I'll just photograph yeah. it from angles where you can see the color of the tape because right. the color of the tape is what adds to the aesthetic in most cases. Yes. Yes. So yes. like, yeah, I post real shit. <laughs> like so many labels just yeah. post fake ass pictures of what your product is not going to look like Damn. <laughs> nine months in advance it's i mean i'm glad i haven't gone off on pre-orders yet because if i had we would have talked about that for way too long we do alex we are at a point where we do need to wrap things up but this is the part where you get to say whatever you want if you haven't said if there's any other hot takes you have if there's any promo you want to do Anything no, else? You have the really floor. Take I have. What's you the have the floor. Quiz, quiz, quiz was trying to get me to do this take earlier. Yeah, I, I saw that too. It, and I am going to do it right now. So what here is, is my hottest oh, take brother. of the oh show. <laughs> okay. This show that I am on right now, this hot take mm -hmm. show is not a podcast. Not in oh, any okay. way, shape, or form. This okay. is something newer, better, and different. This is an interactive streaming show. This is way cool. better and way different than a yeah. podcast. And if you put this in the audio format, people will not understand it because there's so much audience interaction. And that's that a is true. A lot of audience, audience interaction, interaction yeah. is very cool. This is a new type of platform. This is a new way to entertain people. This is a new way to just spread discussions between friends. It's a step yeah. up from podcasting, in my opinion. Much and you guys, Molo360, FunnyNet, none of you are podcasts. You can release your Got content it. in the podcast format. For sure, you can release in that We're format. Stream. But We're you are not yeah. podcasts. You guys are doing something new stream. and something, yeah, interactive and cool. And I really think you all should be oh. branding under that. I think you should be branding okay. that you're doing something right. new and special that, you know, is Thank common you. on Twitch, but not common to the average person. Just like how George oh. promotes the big stream is like the craziest thing on earth, which it is pretty mind blowing. Don't get me wrong, but I've seen hella stuff in VR. VR 360 is not new. Like George can like say that all he wants, but that's not new in any way, shape or form. But doing it consistently show, and branding it as yeah. a special thing is true because it is a special yeah. thing. And what very you guys special. are doing is a special thing. And I'm really glad you do it. And I'm very happy oh, I got to be on here. You. If there's anything I, I want to promote, buddy. damn, yeah, if there's anything I want to promote, we have a show coming up in Santa Ana with Vape Error on October Woo. 16th. And that's going to have Earth Boy Advance, Orograph, and Pop Culture opening. Hell yeah. All Hell Breaks Loops on visuals. The day before that, there is going to be a show up in Oakland on October 15th. That's going to be at the Elbow Room in Oakland, and Vape Air is headlining that show with Earth Boys direct support, Bad Luck and Arboreal as the openers. And then on Sunday, there will be something special happening that I can't announce yet, but uh, there's maybe something behind me that will give people an indication. And if you follow certain people on social media, not only is there something coming back, in San Diego, but there's going to be something really cool that happens when it comes back. Hell yeah. So besides that, we have video releases that we've been doing. I didn't get to talk about the video stuff much, but I'm actually pretty like cool, happy that like I could tell people, yeah, I run like a video company now. I like, saw that. You started VHSs getting into the regularly. visual game. We sell them. 
and we sell VHSs that have video art on them. And it's very purposefully video art. It's not just like replays of uh, URL sets. These are pieces of video art that either creators with special hardware or with special content to put together have created, whether that's a video album from iClick or Datagirl, whether that is a video mixtape from Forgotten VCR, whether that's YouTube video documentaries from people like Retail Archaeology and This Does Not Compute, which will be coming out this fall. A lot of different types of video content, but it's to support video creators and visualists to help people support them by buying physical media and merchandise in a cool retro format and doing something to actually show support for video content creators because some video content creators and visualists are like the most underpaid people in most creative scenes. Deadass. Unless they're getting paid by advertising, which none of us Overskilled, can do that. underpaid. There's not much advertising to pay with in the vaporwave world. Like, True. The biggest way we could support people is by buying merch that directly supports them and by showing support for their art. And there's not a lot of ways to show support for visual and video art besides buying things and buying physical yes. products. So, yeah, check out Pacific Plaza Video. Uh, if you go on Vimeo, we have a video on demand service now, so you can buy uh, some of our past VHSs. You can buy the streaming rights to them and stream them whatever you want on a variety of platforms. So that's oh, really that's cool. amazing, dude. And cool. I'm hoping to push that more as we go into the end of the year as we get all of our video releases on Vimeo where you can buy a streaming or unlimited streaming or you could even buy a download. Some of them are available for download. So you can buy downloads of videos. So, you know, a lot of people put their videos up for free on YouTube and Vimeo, and that's great because that's the only way video people get exposure. But this will be a, hopefully a new way to uh, show some actual monetary support for visualists because, like I mentioned earlier, we did all these URL shows where a lot of people didn't get paid very much or at all to do visuals for literally hundreds of thousands of hours of music. And, yeah. uh, you know... There's Let's support some small our visualists. Ways to support video creators, and I'm trying to create another way to support video creators and visual artists. Good on you, man. So you, man. I wanted to point that one like out you. more specifically. So yeah, that's it. Thank All right, you guys. man. I really appreciate being on here. Oh that's man, one of my favorite things. Tune in to you guys on we Monday. Have... It's like, don't even trip about the other people streaming. So many folks trying to start streaming things or start their own stuff are worried about being overshadowed by creators bigger than them, and. You should never be worried about that when you're doing something you're passionate about. This goes for everyone, basically. You know, don't worry about other people overshadowing you. Sometimes there's legitimate concerns, like we were supposed to have our virtual memory comeback show the day Pudina Palooza was announced. That's a legitimate concern because we are both physically in Southern California and there's a physically limited amount of people that can go to our show. But when it comes to the internet and streaming things, don't be intimidated by creators bigger than you. Everyone is welcome to the vaporwave scene and Absolutely. one of the great things about it is how open it is and how supportive people will be if you are passionate about what you're doing and you are supportive of other people yeah. <laughs> well said oh. hot takes and <laughs> tough love from the king of pacific plaza and virtual memory chris do you have anything you want to shout out before i finish uh, this up yeah sure Mm -hmm. So um, basically, uh, uh, Winter Quilt's remix album of O Discordia is out now, and I've got a remix of the song His Cloven Hoof on that. It came out originally in this really cool like little box set thing with the original album with the cassette and the remix album in it and some like tarot cards. And oh, that's cool. It charmed. And I think that sold out, but um, I think maybe the regular cassette version sold out, but you can still stream uh, that remix album on the streaming services or on Bandcamp and I did the remix of uh, Ode, um, His Club and Hoof so that's one thing 
Uh, second thing is obviously Terminally Chill NorCal is going to be on October 2nd with our dear friend Alex is going to be there. Yeah, Lori's passing uh, Lori's. Boy Advance. Boy Advance. And that'll be from uh, 9 to 12 at Sophia's in Davis, California. And Fantacat, my wonderful manager of that party, will be uh, there as well. And then uh, second thing is, I guess I'll just announce this now. So the Barbary, normally I do Terminally Chill every other month, but the Barbary is going to be closed in November for renovations. So I'm going to have to bump up Terminally Chill to this uh, coming month as well, the one in Philadelphia, and that will probably be October 14th at the Barbary. And we're going to have uh, myself, and I'll be co-DJing with Pat Chennington and James from Death Dynamic Shroud. Damn. So that'll be happening. Man, I, I wish I could last, do that. Yeah, and then the so that'll be oh, no, that'll be October seventh, actually. Yes, and um, then the other thing is um, uh, George Clan will be playing in Philadelphia October fourteenth, and after that, Virtual ninety four will be hosting an after party. I guess we'll make that known. You don't want to miss it. Yeah, that'll be at the house miss on it. lot. Hell yep. no! Mm-hmm. Don't yeah. miss those a lot guys. People be playing at that. Um, including uh, the Virtual 94 gang with Mr. Hideyoshi, Todovsky, Paranormal, our friend Geometro, and also I will be performing as Skeleton Lipstick at that, doing a live thing, and uh, James and Tequil from DDS will be playing after that. So they'll both be announced. Bro, let's all move to Philly. Some other special guests I've heard about as well for that. Yeah, that sounds like so cool. Oh, oh, man. I wish I could go. There's a lot of great stuff that's going to be coming up. October is a crazy month. We're back. we're back. We're and, back. Uh, you know, the there's, there's Teach Lil NorCal the first weekend, you the second weekend, Vape Air Tour the next weekend. Only that fourth weekend in October is the only thing that doesn't have something going on. The fifth weekend is Return of Virtual Memory and oh, Levitation boy, boy. for 100%. Like, October is stacked. There's just. Oh, all right. Yeah. For the uh, coasts, but, you know. <laughs> Isaac, what, do you got anything? Bro, okay, so let me first drop in the chat. We got the official Hot Takes oh. Spotify playlist 50 tracks curated by Skelly and myself of some of our favorites uh, and uh, tracks by guests that have been featured on the show. So check it out, uh, official Hot Takes playlist. Also, we got our anonymous submission form, upcoming hot takes that you would like to see discussed on the show. Thank you to anyone that submitted. If we didn't read your hot take, we'll read it next time. Um, so please, give us your hot take. We'll, we'll, we'll read it, I promise. Um, Chris, I am involved in an upcoming live stream with uh, Homesick Fest. I submitted a 30-minute dark synth set for Homesick Fest Halloween event. If you thought my rye set for Rosewood last year was brutal, you better tune into this one because it's going to be fucking bruiser. Um, I also sent in festival too. That's another thing in October. I mean, it's online, but that's URL. Homesick Fest has two different weekends. Uh, We also have the uh, Helios Online event. Uh, being curated by Q and Ming Curry. I submitted a 20-minute wave set. I believe I sent that to you a week ago or so. Uh, yeah. Wave is like Woo. like ED, like um, like uh, instrumental hip-hop meets EDM. Or like Witch House meets EDM, yeah, like if you guys little, aren't. Uh, witch- yeah, like uh, like Of Dream, that kind of stuff. Well, so I did a 20-minute oh, set I, full of that. I Of Dream at the last T-Chill. Dude. It's it's a fucking blistering set, dude. I'm very proud of it. So that's going to be broadcast on Helios Online. Got some IRL events coming up, some of which are announced, some of which are not. Um, event coming up in Phoenix got bumped back a little bit. We don't have an official date on that yet, but Young Shido is coming to Phoenix, Arizona. 
And finally, our upcoming guest on the next Hot Takes in two weeks, Luxury Elite, will be joining us on Hot Whoa. Takes. Oh, really? October 27, Lux, the queen herself, will be joining us. So, with that being said... October 27th? October, sorry. September 27th. September 27th. Thank you, Alex. Keeping me honest. Uh, mm-hmm. No, it's September 27th. Uh, thank I, you guys so much I, for tuning I, in. I didn't even know that news. Wow, I'm yeah, excited. I was going to say, because October 27th isn't a Monday, because the return of virtual memory, for all of you who are still here, is October 29th, which is a Friday. Yeah, it is so not October 27th. I'm well aware of that time space right it now. It is September 27th. Sorry that Lux hard. will be joining us. Yeah. Thank you very, very much Sick. for keeping that clear. Um, Lux rules. Yeah, Lux rules. We're excited to have her on. Um, <laughs> thank you so, so much for joining us tonight. Yeah. Uh, thank you, Alex. You've been... I never so, wanted to end. I know, right? Was, You've been so much fun to talk to, dude. Tremendous, <clears throat> tremendous inspiration, buddy. Tremendous. Uh, thank I'm you so much best. for gracing our presence. You guys inspire me as well, so thank you for having me. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in to Hot Takes. <laughs> Join us here in two weeks yes. with Luxury Elite, 7 p.m. Pacific, twitch.tv slash hot takes paper. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitch, linktree slash hot takes vapor, and good night. Good night. That's a hot take. Swing it around, American flag, because that's what America's supposed to be. It's supposed to look like terminally chill. The insurance commercial has a fat ass, but like no personality. Yeah, I feel like sitting here and listening to this. (laughs) No, goddammit. Isaac, New Noise is not the first fucking refused album. Rip Isaac a new one today. Do you know what I mean? Like... Don't touch my records, ever.